What is up, everybody? This is Marshall from Limited Resources, and you are listening to Seven Land Hand. That's Seven Land Hand! Brought to you Australia-wide by Good Games. Ashes to ashes, funk to funky, we know Kozilek's a junkie, a strong at Eldrazi hitting an all-time low. But there's a star man waiting with an oath. It's a land, no, it's a creature, it's a wandering fumarole. There's a green clan known as Muldayar. They told Nissa not to blow it, now they're grieving Zendikar, singing, let the children cast to, let the tokens surge through, let all the children mirror pull. We are Seven Land Hand. And we're coming to town. Beep, beep. <laughs> should that be, I, and I think since then, it should be Snape, Snape. Snape, Snape. Rough week. Rough yeah, week for rough the week. world. Anyway, when it comes to Hedron alignment, I know some obsessive compulsives, and they're known as the original Banana King, Aaron Graham. <laughs> okay. Oh, you've always been upset, haven't you, since that yeah, got taken away from always. you? Always. Yeah. Real sad. You were the, the first. Saddest. You were the first with the banana. The original bananas. Yeah. And when people say, why Griffins, we say Kai Griffiths. Kai. Hey. Hey everybody, oh, that's about, well, not right. the first time in my life that someone's made a griffin pun out of my yeah, last name. Courier griffin, Kyria griffin, that's a bad Charging griffin. Well, Charging griffin. When, when uh, Aaron first uh, introduced me to you, he, by text, he said, there's a guy, he spelt your name K-Y, which in my eyes just opened up with opportunities, but I thought, no, he'll have, he'll have heard all of those before. And then I immediately eroded it when I asked you. <laughs> K-A-I, it's K-A-I, K-A-I yeah, griffins. Hey man, hey guys, hey, welcome to the podcast. First, oh, welcome um, to the podcast. New, Let's high five. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That was a high ten. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, you know, as as everyone can now tell, like I'm one of those people where like each of my eyes blinks independently mm. from that high five. They can't podcast anyway. oh, audio. Audio. Lucky. Uh, yeah. oh, I'm very happy to be here. It's, uh, it's nice to be invited exactly, to things. Yeah. To things. That's what we're called now. Seven yeah. land things. <laughs> seven things. So, yeah, seven With things. David and Aaron. Oh, that sounds like a knitting show, doesn't it? That's what you call like a. A uh, haberdashery show. Seven things. Seven things. Well, well uh, there's all the popularity of like minimalism and like throwing away all your worldly possessions so you live a happier life. So you could write a book and it's like seven things. Don't, don't go, don't go highbrow. Don't come in here. Don't <laughs> no, come in the pot and go highbrow. Don't come in here highbrow. Look at, look at the decor. We've decorated this place. You. It's not, not a highbrow thing. Hey, so guys, what have, what's been happening in geeky lifestyles uh, this um, week? So I've been playing so much of The Witcher that Jess has been making perpetual. Witcher 3. The Witcher 3. Yeah. On on PC, <laughs> got all the DLC, got an alternative oh, you book did. for for Yennefer. Yeah, uh, got the expansion oh. packs. Hello, for my Yennefer. Gwent deck. Learned how to play the Gwent song <laughs> yeah. on my petty whistle. Nice. So that's coming up at the end of the oh, show. Oh, is that? Ooh, yeah. something to look forward to. Yeah, it's going to be good. So you can uh, put that on repeat while I was you play go magic with, or something. I was going to go with Ace of Spades for the um, for the <laughs> Easter egg. Maybe we could do both at the same time. Oh, yeah. I think that oh, it was, I think the, the Gwent music was based on Ace of Spades. Listener, stay tuned. There's a treat coming your way. Uh, but yeah, lots of people um, died. Last so week. real sad. In, oh yeah. What, yeah. what about Witcher Three? <laughs> you've <laughs> totally pimped the Witcher Three as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of people. You've totally Witcher pimped 3. it out. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's real nice looking now, and mm. it's like I'm in like the last year of my computer before I need to replace it, but it still can run the Witcher Three. Wow, so that's it's, and it's gorgeous. Tip of the hat to Witcher Three makers <laughs> who are. No, everyone else is complaining that it's making their computer explode and die. Oh, really? Yeah. So you need I, an old crappy computer to make it work? Uh, no, mine, uh, like, I, I've updated mine a little bit over the years, oh, okay. just enough to put it over the threshold. Of yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Lucky me, lucky me. Yeah. Well, maybe that, like, comes from, you know, Witcher 3's made in Poland, so it was probably made on some, like, post-Soviet kind of, yeah. you know, like, the yeah. Soviet, like, Soviet Macintosh, like, Yeah, like the room, 
room-wide computers. Yeah, like an ENIAC just... in <laughs> Poland. <laughs> they have good, good stuff. Like, to this day, my favourite guitar effect, I'm not a big effects, guitar effects guy, is, and I'm not making this name, no name up, or hopefully, Aaron, you'll know this and you'll back me up, is the Big Muff. Oh, yeah, Big now, Muff, yeah. Now, there's the Big Muff that was bought out by an American company, and they produced a copy of it, but the, I don't, I think it might have gone back to them, but the original and best comes in a green metal box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With really dull, you know, no shape to it at all, mm. and it's just got Big Muff with all of the R's in Big Muff the wrong way around to make it Russian. I don't know. There's a, no, there's a star on it. There's a star. There's a star and on it. A man, that's a good... You know, all yeah. of, uh, you know, like a Today, Smashing Pumpkins, Zero. And it's Smashing Pumpkins going fuzzy. Just Big Muff. Big Muff. Me. God, good stuff. Russian, um, Russian, uh, Russian Big technology. Muff, good stuff. Yeah. Ting! Today's podcast brought to you by Big Muff. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd say uh, uh, my week in geek. I've just yeah. been. I've been playing lots of uh, Rebel Galaxy, which uh, got dropped on PC just before a little mm. indie game. Uh, it's essentially Assassin's Creed. Is it three or four where you're a pirate? Four, oh, I think. yeah, Black right. Flag, definitely. Black flag. Yeah. I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll call it Assassin's Creed Pirates Edition. <laughs> yeah, um, it's like that ship combat in space. And uh, oh, okay. it's, it's uh, pretty good yeah. fun. I've finally got myself up to like a serious kind of dreadnought, like many turrets cruiser, and you can be a delivery boy or you can do mercenary stuff. Are you still dressed like a pirate? Well, you don't ever see you. You're just a ship, oh, uh, which is a bit of a bummer. But you know, human yeah. animation costs a lot, so you want to keep the game under yeah. twenty bucks, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just be a stick. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I do um, even get hands just that float around in front of you. Oh, no, no, no. You view the ship from outside. Oh, right. So yeah. you're kind of like third yeah. person ship combat, and it's super. It's super-duper uh, fun in terms of, like, finally you get that upgrade and you line up next to a ship and just launch this massive broadside. But, uh, Are you I've playing been... against other people or is it uh, against NPCs? Single player. Mm. But uh, I've been saying to people, I think it trumps both uh, Star Citizen, uh, Elite Dangerous, and No Man's Sky because it's out, it's finished, and it exists. No Man's <laughs> Sky, that's that one. I think we were talking about it on the board game podcast. That's the one that's coming out soon where it's just there's a infinite any star that you can see in the sky is has a system and you can fly to it yeah. and they're gonna it's gonna well and i got confused because one half it said it's gonna generate a new world every time you go there but you can it's multiplayer so you can all go to these places so if it generates a new one every time you go there how can it be the same I was, for everyone I, I and i got confused about these open world games like you find yeah. some really cool thing that no one's maybe ever seen before in the game but how is anyone else gonna get there so in this game you must have to be able to set some beacon and be like all the people on your friends list yeah. come and check out this crazy place that i found well, most open world th- things are pretty confined still aren't they, they? Are, like yeah. you're stuck on an album and, and, and yeah. yeah within a city or mm-hmm. you're on an island or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I was going to say on that note, because there's so many questions exactly like that, because they seem to have said one thing, and then you go, well, how are you going to do that? Yeah. Like, And I think possibly it's going to become one of those, like, Sony was originally like, hey, look, everybody, we have indie games on PS4, because you've got to have some. And uh, and now it's just gotten, it's gotten too big, and I think we've been promised too much. And even mm-hmm. if it was going to be nice... It's going to come out, and we're just going to be like, this is not the, the life-changing it's gaming of, event I was promised. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be one of those, it'll be right out after Christmas. Yeah. And then after Christmas, we go, January 1st, they're like, it'll be out we after Christmas. Want, we just want it to be finished for you. We don't want to release a half Yeah, we can't do that. Yeah. Beta is coming out now. Yeah. Give it a year. And by, oh, we're not going to bother. By beta, we mean we've made a nice poster for it. <laughs> so you can look at that and dream. Yeah. You, can, you can download just like 30 gigs of like Lorem Ipsum like, <laughs> yeah. on, onto Ooh. your like, That's just junk data onto your PS4. Yeah. 
Yeah, has Netflix? Are you the guys on Netflix? Should I touch even touch on that? Uh, what, finish up Jessica Jones. I, I don't oh, know yeah. if I talked to you about that maybe a couple months ago. But Jessica Jones two's been approved. They have. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt season two and three. Season three been approved even before season two's come out. Wow, they've got their numbers the other way around, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so season two's been approved. Luke Cage spin-off series also been approved. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, unrelated, but also, yeah. Season three been approved. Season two comes out in like April or something. Uh, I'll I'll make it related. I say I started watching Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt last night on my my girlfriend's mum's Netflix. Because my (laughs) internet is not good enough. (laughs) Oh, that's a sad I I really like that show. It's got a funny pacing, like something that I didn't really like about 30 Rock and just relentless like silly jokes like constantly whereas Kimmy Schmidt's like that except it's got a bit of humanity to it and the well, and what's her name is really cute as well Ellie Kemper Ellie Kemper yeah. in the office uh, yeah. but yeah it seems to have like I like it it's like she has heart and the show has heart and it's yeah. just like they're all you know characters and I kind of really do kind of give a damn about them all yeah like, that's, that's, hard, that's so hard time. to get I mean I don't know this show it's so hard to get characters you care about yeah. or, or stories that I know you, uh, you know, when you get to a certain age, you've seen, you feel like you've seen uh, all the stories, mm-hmm. and so when something comes out that that just changes the story, you're like, oh, this is the greatest thing mm-hmm. ever. But yeah, you know, so often you just sit down. I mean, I saw I saw a preview for a movie when well, I think we went to see, you know, it was probably when we saw Star Wars or something mm-hmm. like that. Saw a preview for a movie, and I, and I, you could tell what was going to happen. You could tell who was the double agent, and mm-hmm. it was it was done. There's no point in watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, there's like, there's a book for you. It's called The Hero with a Thousand Faces, and it's like the some literary theorist that's like humanity's only ever told like four stories, and I think we, it's just, like, yeah. we just remix them all the time. Yeah, like, there, there is a book for me, but I don't go into the self help aisle. Uh, I refuse to do that. <laughs> but, hey, before we move on, though, like speaking of Star, Star Wars, Wars, I was actually going to say, yeah. oh, well, I, I've got I've got a thought, and you might be about to break the thought. Mm. Star Wars came out, loads of anticipation. We're really excited about it. it came out. I think we all enjoyed it. And we kind of, in podcasts since it came out, we were like, yeah, look, we're going to talk about that. We've got loads of stuff mm. to say about that. And then when you sit down and go, we've got nothing to say about that. And it's never once generated a conversation here or on the street, because that's where I hang, you know. <laughs> yeah, just um, on the street. On which, the street, which yeah. Which street? Oh, the street? Yeah, just the one with the other homeless guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah. It's nice been able to afford all this podcast equipment yeah i know i just found it in a dumpster once i thought <laughs> so yeah lucky. seven land hand because uh, that's how many people it took to steal it no seven, <laughs> that doesn't work but do you, is is that right or are you having conversations um, about it is it just like how many oh, times okay. did you see it uh, i've seen it twice yeah i saw it twice as well zero five and, and i have seen it zero times oh. but uh uh, this goes out to you, Tumblr. Thanks for ruining everything that I'm ever interested in. Oh, with, so you with didn't go see it got ruined by, for you? Uh, look, I wasn't super invested, oh, okay. but uh, yeah. but you know, like it's it's so tempting now that like people will be listening, and I just want to be like, hey, if you haven't seen Star Wars, close your eyes. Like, oh, close your eyes. <laughs> yeah. On an audio podcast. <laughs> also, uh, close your eyes. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm kind of interested, and I know plenty of people who've seen it four times. Mm. Like the first watch was a panic watch for me because I just thought. If- you know, everyone's talking about spoilers, so I best just get in there and, and watch it. I just stayed off Facebook, stayed off Reddit, watched yeah. midnight screening. That's the best way to avoid spoilers. Exactly, also, we yeah. live in Australia, which is also a spoiler-free <laughs> yeah. zone because we get it before America does. But if you just seen the midnight screening, you're pretty safe. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, and you've been in Australia. Yeah, yeah but like, uh, there's, there's people that purposefully put spoilers on social media and stuff. And so like, yeah. it, it's, it was difficult to avoid it for like, like not, not look at anything Star Wars related too heavily. Because I wasn't super invested in it before these these new movies came out, but I have a huge fondness for J.J. Abrams from back in the yeah. last days, and I really like what he did with the Star Trek reboot, and I thought he could really 
give it a kick in the pants. And I was I was happy that Disney bought Star Wars as well because you're a massive Mickey Mouse fan. Because I'm a huge because I love Mickey Mouse. Yeah, no, we no. all know that about. Yeah, me. I know, I know that First about you. Say, oh, the the hidden Mickey's right. You know how they hide the Mickey's and everything. Where's <laughs> right. the hidden Mickey in Star Wars? <laughs> I text you back. Larry, Larry Sanders is a there's a little Mickey joke, but it's not not probably, no. We'll just leave that one alone. <laughs> it's not appropriate. Yeah, um, not appropriate. Maybe in the cantina, maybe in the background. Yeah, you know, I, I love Larry Sanders fans. Twilight ladies. I want to I want to see like comments comments on the podcast. Like, where's the hidden Mickey? Because I haven't seen it yet, so I want to be watching for that. Hidden Mickey, um, but to do with your actual topic, which is um, yeah, I saw it twice. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Really, yeah, really did, did a lot of reading and stuff about it afterwards. But I'm just, it's very much like the start of something a lot bigger. But it's not seminal like the original Star Wars was, and that you you could you could speculate wildly about where it's going to go. We kind of know where it's going to go. In yeah, the future, my, so. my, my wife's cousin. You know, just for a you know removed com- uh, Facebook comment, he I haven't seen any st- one day. I haven't seen any Star Wars. Uh, how should I watch them? So I said machete cut, and uh, all the people contributed. Week later, he comes back. I've seen all of the Star Wars now. They all suck. That's the dumbest movie ever. And I said, try going on a movie when you're age six. It's 1977, and your other option is a John Wayne Weston. <laughs> it's the best thing you've ever ever conceived of right mm-hmm. so it's a different time and place completely yeah like I, the original trilogy is kind of camp and a little bit overdone for me now but like i can't see those with with the same nah, eyes whereas you still watch it episode, as a kid. episode one was magical for me when yeah. i was nine years old exactly yeah, same know? same thing and i like i see everyone we watching it or i watch those kind of like five minutes you know episode one in five minutes Oh, it's just it's just trash. It's oh, just, it's, it's, it's just very crap. bad. Oh, they're, they're episode one, yeah, yeah, the trade f- embargoes and, so, and all oh. this stuff. But man, the lightsaber fight in the hallway and the, uh, even the stupid Gungans and stuff that amuses you when you were yeah. a kid. But I, so I, I I agree with myself. <laughs> the the, the six year old going into the movie thing, right? Yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm knocking that idea in. But then I thought again. I thought about that time. I think it was seventy eight. Uh, or, yes, about 78, Alien came out, yeah. and then... You saw that when you were seven years no, old? No, no, I didn't see that. Oh, I mean, geez, no, <laughs> that was just like, straight. But so, so that came out, and then you also, you know, quickly followed Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. and then you straighten it, like, Back to the Future and Ghostbusters, in that sort of like a seven, eight, nine-year stretch. Mm-hmm. And then I said to someone at work, I said, what, what are the main seven, eight, in the last decade, what are your movies? What's the big movie from the last ten years? Inception. No, I don't know. Uh, See? Da- ba- Batman. Yeah, da- it's... Batman trilogy. Do you think that's what it'll be? Yeah. Then the, the last 10 and years, it's just going to be... It's like... Oh, superheroes. Exactly. We're all going to be 50, and they're going to be selling, movies. you know, box sets of all 45 or whatever tied-out movies Marvel they made. Cinematic Universe. So if we fast-forward 30 years, are we going to be looking back and going, oh, man, when the Avengers came out, that was just the coolest time. No. Like we do no. when we say Star Wars, Alien, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters. They're still printing T-shirts of that stuff. And I don't want to be one of them... I'm not an old guy, but I don't want to be one of them old guys that's like, yeah, Rolling Stones, man. They haven't made decent music since 60-whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's like, shut up, man. There's loads of good music, right? And But I, I feel like I'm starting to do that with movies. Just going, no, that was, oh, there was a window of time there where there was original ideas, they back them they made some crazy stuff mm. and now it's just like reboots and just like oh marvel sell a lot of comics let's just turn them into movies and sell them as something that people will watch well i think like i think that stuff's always going to fall over but like if i if i could revise my answer slightly because that's what's going to be big right like yeah. because the beatles sold a million records 40 years ago 
and they're still big because of that. Like mm. same kind of thing. Well, people, um, sick, people go, "What? What? Oh, that happened? Oh, I'll go and investigate it." And it's, it's exactly sing along. So but uh, but for me, it's like we're in this time where computer animation and like there are YouTube channels with you know two thousand dollar computers who are able to do pretty pro looking special effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're going to look back now and go, "Oh man, there was some really sweet indie movies." It follows yeah. how Cabin in the Woods, about say House in the Forest, uh, Cabin in the Woods. Uh, Ex Machina, which yeah. is getting a few nods for the Oscars, and Oscar Isaac should definitely have um, like lead actor for that. Mm. Um, and we're going to look back and go, oh, a bunch of these Chronicle. That's a good um, point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I wonder if that stuff's going to take time to grow, and it's yeah. just going to take twenty years because of, of the, us going because of the availability of like media to more to a wider range of people. Now people have like this is like that pop music discussion I might have had with you, where people say pop music is so bad nowadays, but pop music is the best it's ever been because it's doing. Exactly exactly what it needs to so every time yeah. they make a new marvel cinematic universe movie they're gonna make a hundred million dollars or a billion dollars or whatever they're aiming to get because they know how to make a superhero movie that people want to go and see yeah they're building but the- yeah this is the thing the really smartly tightly scripted indie movies that were av- av- available and widely available to the public now weren't available 40 years ago and now they are and we'll look back on stuff like that yeah. that gets that gets recognized where we we're going to be wearing Avengers shirts in 30 years, but we're not going to be like, that was the best movie I ever saw yeah. when I was a kid. There's a I'll couple of like, docos out at the moment that I think are exploring that idea. There's a Chaos on the Bridge, which is William Shatner interviewing a whole bunch of people around uh, Next Gen when that first came out. And there's a Superman one, like it's called What Happens or Superman Lives, What Happens. Somewhere. And it was all... It, and I think... I haven't seen the second one I mentioned, but the themes of both of them are just like writers and creative people going hey this is a great idea and they, well let's do this let's do this and everyone going on board like and it's sounding great mm-hmm. and then execs coming in and going no that's stupid you know and like pull that out we know we're trying to make that product yeah. you know so it's yeah i think that the, in, the indie movie thing might be actually a good point you know maybe yeah. we should invest more time well, on that and that's and that's just like there's so much stuff that's like that because now they can do effects so like you know yeah. a lot of people have said oh cabin in the woods is the best horror movie of, and it follows because they're like unique and a bit different. Even it follows doesn't have that amazing effects. In fact, I would, I would wager it has no effects in it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, all pra- is it pra- it's all practical. Well, effects yeah, and, and like the that. stuff that has to be effects doesn't have to move most of the time, um, and that kind of thing. But also just accessibility of international stuff because mm. even if you know if some guy uh, who speaks Korean or whatever bothers to subtitle, it, you know we can all watch Old Boy. Like Old it's boy, not a big yeah, thing yeah. that it came yeah. out. So whatever is the new. Whatever from China or Russia or something like that. That's it's an amazing independent film we've got to see from some far off yeah. land, and uh, no one's going to crush it because they're going to see the how. How are we going to market this? How are we going to turn this into money? It's just the story. It's just an idea, mm. and that's the thing. You know, that's what I was saying before. It's like you know what stories are, the stories are going to be. Mm. Some guy that's sitting in his backyard coming up with an amazing story. I want to hear that story because that's mm. that's where the cool nuggets. Exactly. Have, yeah. So X market. So movies that I've seen recently um, that I'm trying to. I'm trying to, weirdly, I am trying to get hold of these movies that I feel that kind of feeling about. So, yeah. Mark and I saw recently, uh, Memento I saw for the first time, oh. <laughs> which I just hadn't seen. But, like, again, that was a Christopher Nolan one. And I think, yeah, his Batman trilogy did superheroes in this really human, really gritty, really dark way that was quite detached from the comics. And it made an awesome cinematic thing outside of it. 
not just for but then but but now they're going for like then they're going oh well let's make everything gritty let's make star trek gritty and then they try to make star trek like guardians of the galaxy and funny right i know but but look i hate superman it's a pointless superhero just forget about it right (laughs) they bring out a jesus they they bring out they bring out a superman movie and try to make it gritty it's like but that look i'm not a fan of the superman thing but that character he's not the gritty guy yeah. Isn't that, that's not what it's about. And I, I watched a great review uh, by the movie Bob, who previously was on Escapist Independent Now, and, and he was like, and he just said the same thing. He's like, for Christ's sake, guys, like, Superman is the most camp, he's invincible, he's like, you know, truth, justice, the American way, crack a smile. And what's the way the movie ends? He has to super break, super zod, super neck. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that the most just depressing thing After ever? After smashing him through a mountain, they took the top of a mountain off. I mean, this is just like stupid plot ideas. They took a top of a mountain off while they were wrestling with each other mm. and in and how does he get rid of him he breaks his neck so taking him through a mountain didn't put that those kind of forces <laughs> on his neck and oh jeez <laughs> but i, I don't know how i don't batman, know why i'm upset i don't even care like i don't I'm, care i'm, I'm, superman, I'm a little like. annoyed about batman superman because <laughs> sorry there's a little bit of spoilers which the trailer did anyway is affleck in that one yeah oh he's just batman across <laughs> the right well we'll see we'll sorry see. this has gone on a little long but like no, no. i like superman because of the because i like the humanness of superman so like in the in the action comics and the reboot where he's a little invincible and they've kind of toned down his abilities and stuff is my favorite um betrayal of him mm. uh batman i really like just just cause gritty and what you I like know, batman. whatever batman's I like batman. batman's great um, I, like I really like the dark knight uh, trilogy yeah. um loved one of my favorite comics and stories ever is death of superman where he fights um uh, doomsday and then they have ridiculous things and then when he dies um all these other faux supermen supermen come out and all claim to be his reincarnation and stuff and it looks like that they're tilting towards that in the batman vs superman thing but they just gave all of the plot away i would <laughs> really 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 excited to see that in the movies because i'm gonna go see it even though yeah, i'm yeah. annoyed but they, <laughs> I'm, I'm we're just gonna like, see it what man. the what oh why did you show it Why you revealed it to me six months before it came out this like big thing and like oh it's just upsetting i, oh, I don't know they've just they've i don't know when I, i'm like i'm i'm anticipating the the superhero stuff i'm gonna go forget it it's, i'm sick of it now i'm oversaturated it's gonna end and then i thought that point had come when they released ant-man i hadn't heard of about <laughs> ant-man before and that was coming out and i thought oh this is gonna blow of course i'll go watch it so i went and watched it and loved it i yeah. bought it the other day on blu-ray it yeah. was it's so much fun and that's what people have been saying heaps isn't it right because they go like warner brothers in general is still kind of making directly the comic books like mm-hmm. even nolan's Batman like stories are people are like oh that's this issue and this yeah, arc yeah, yeah. put together but like when the whole thing like even so reviews of Captain America 2 right were like this is a great political thriller with Captain America in it <laughs> rather than yeah. rather so they're not they're not really objectively trying to be superhero movies and maybe that's why Avengers 2 was a bit kind of yeah mm. you know age of metron um, <laughs> because like it was like all right it's a superhero movie now we're all going to hang out and we're going to do combos with our cool powers yeah, and stuff like right. that mm. and maybe like 
something I've been saying for a while, and this is my favourite pet project, and I'm like, not really a DC person, but DC did all those really cool, like, uh, like what if Batman landed in Soviet... Um, Superman, Superman landed, landed in, in Soviet Russia. And yeah. it's the Red Sun. Why don't they do all these individual standalones? But I'm just wondering if it would take too much hand-holding to get the audience to come and see it, yeah. like, to understand what they're watching. Yeah. Like, they've eased them into the Captain America thing, where now it's, like, about friendship and it's about betrayal of like a larger group and then they're kind of working in the x-men kind of world against the mutants and superheroes kind of thing oh i'm sorry in- enhanced if we're in the in- MCU. enhanced uh <laughs> it's it's interesting that they're doing this now but like i've had to sit through a lot of them and they're going to be coming out for many years to come so like uh, I don't but know they're still good the line still- is but th- th- yeah they're good like ant-man did something different and but I, it's so hard to see it continuing with the same velocity forever. It does feel well, like they might, they might shock us. What if Black Panther comes out and it's a black exploitation movie and <gasps> then that will kill the whole thing because people are like, this just is not okay. Yeah. But hey, look like, what they did with Jessica Jones that made that cool. They immediately, oh, they just, did, they they did, immediately yeah. just said, let's not even worry about making a big deal about superpowers and they yeah. referenced stuff that was going on in the world and I'm, and I'm hopeful that's what's going to happen with Rogue One. It's going to mm-hmm. be the Star Wars universe is out there but here's a bunch of characters, and they're good. And hopefully, they'll be good characters, and they'll interact yeah. in interesting ways and deal with real oh, issues so that we can good, relate to. So many good actors in it as well. Man, I haven't. I'm, I'm, so I'm probably not. Up, and that's always been know. kind of a bit of the Star Wars appeal, right? Because it's such a big cultural touchstone. Like even uh, like talking to my girlfriend, I was like, "Oh, should we go see Star Wars?" You talk to your girlfriend? Yeah. Well, you this know, is new. shock horror. Right? Stop the uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't don't worry. When uh, Kian was on the podcast, he'd talk to his girlfriend while he was on the podcast. Yeah, and not talk to us. Yeah. Oh, but oh well, how, uh, <laughs> Well, that gives credence to Shut Up Kate and Keen, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, talking to her, and I was like, well, you know what a Jedi is, right? And she goes, yeah, laser swords, kind of space wizardy kind of thing. I was like, you know enough to watch Star Wars. Yeah. And it's so easy and so accessible. Like, you know, even I don't mind waiting to see the current one, even though it's been spoiled, because when I first saw Star Wars, I saw the old ones on VHS when I was seven, and they were 30 years old already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even by then, I was like, yeah, yeah, Jedi, laser swords and stuff. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't um, have to know that. As long as she didn't give the answer, oh, yeah, those are the people with a high midichlorian count. <laughs> that's that's friends yeah. with the Gungans. You're, you're, you're walking home, honey. <laughs> honey, I'll see you there. My, my two favorite things to post on Facebook whenever people are talking about uh, Star Wars stuff is uh, either Anakin going, "Now this is pod racing," in his like, like he's ordered a pizza and it's about now this is pod racing, or just a ten-hour loop of him being like, "Yippee, Every month, Good Games are offering our listeners a special offer and a chance to win a game we review. This month, it's Mysterium. Mystery 7. Mystery 7. In January, and while stocks last, the dice-rolling maniacs and gentle people over at Good Games are giving Seven Land Hand listeners 10% off Mysterium. All you have to do is glide into your local Good Games store and whisper seductively this month's password... Mystery 7. Mystery 7. Different ways to be seductive. Choose your own. <laughs> That's for January only. Mystery 7. Mystery 7. Want, Mystery want to seven. win the game? Whoa, that's a 100% discount. Stay tuned for Neats and Twos and we'll tell you how. Now back to the show. Bust the booster! <laughs> Bust the booster, guys. We got hot off the press. That's the sound of Oath of the Gatewatch. It sounds different to the regular booster. I've got to concentrate and not say gate crash. Oath of the Gate Crash. Oath of the Gate Crash. Oh. I solemnly swear to steal their toilet door. <laughs> yeah. o- OGW, which is, I think is Wizards of the Coast, not of the head to uh, Games Workshop. OG. Oh, Games Workshop. Oh, Games Workshop. That's, We've yeah. left you behind in our dust. <laughs> yeah, well, that is true. If, well, right. if they'd sell them pre-painted, I'd definitely buy some. 
So a few days after the pre-release, and yeah. we'll get into that in a minute in, in more depth. But uh, yeah, so these packs have been busted on the weekend just before this. Uh, so yeah, it'll uh, be a. Oh, hey, sudden! This is the first. But I've done a few in store speculatively. I haven't even drafted the set yet, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we'll see what we can make from make of I all this. Have. You uh, have you drafted the set? No, no, I, I have because I played uh, Midnight Lake Sealed and uh, Two Headed Giant. So I have drafts. To, oh, okay. Ah, All right. Yeah. There's more, a, there's a rookie mistake. Hey? More, more on Kai <laughs> later on. All right. Uh, so the, the first card we have in the pack is a common. Oh, weird. Nothing's changed there. No, nothing's Ooh. changed. We've been here before. Same we old. know this. Uh, Did you know in Japanese packs, yeah. rare at the front? Oh, that's no fun. More efficient. The more efficient, efficient Japanese. That's what they're about. <laughs> Probably German packs also rare at the front. All right. So I excuse my pronunciation, listener, before we, we before we proceed any further. Affa Protector. Uh, two and a planes. Do you have a protector? I do, sir. I always carry protect. Two and a planes for a creature who's a human soldier ally. Those guys are still knocking around. He's one power for toughness. He's a one for. And he's got vigilance. So... There you go. Alpha Protector. What do you make oh, of that guy? He's fine. He'll trigger all your allies from... Be- okay, so so w- one thing to preface um, before we start talking about the draft format is uh, it goes Oath of the Gatewatch, Oath of the Gatewatch, Battle for Zendikar now. Oh, Whereas, really? We so get two before of the new it ones. used to be yeah, a small set, oh. you would only do one at the beginning and then you do two of the old one. Yeah, because so you know l- them. Mm. Hmm. Whereas this is like very good, it's going to be very Oath of the Gatewatch heavy and there's not that many of those rally... Allies in this set, which trigger when you play multiple. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the allies in this set, you're going to um, be reliant on your battle for Zendikar rally. Packs, yeah. So right. a one-four vigilance for two and a white's pretty good. You're going to block a lot of stuff on the ground. Uh, he'll be able to attack. You can maybe put some equipment on him and get some extra. Who, but who of does it? Are we now. doing that? No. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, for me, I mean, like, look. Uh, for for two and a planes, I'm I'm like. For that kind of cost, I feel like you'd be wanting to play something that has rally. Like I'd, yeah. be, I'd be holding out for something that rallies. I mean, this would be okay to trigger it. It's got vigilance, but it's just got no attack. So what's the point of that vigilance? Mm, like exactly. you're, not, you're not really getting that that double bonus don't... of like here's some damage and oh, and I can block with it. Yeah. Uh, so you remember McKinney Shield Mate? I think uh, the the one that rallied for vigilance from Battle for Zendikar. McKinney uh, Patrol. Patrol. McKinney Patrol. Uh, McKinney Shield Mates from Old Zendikar. Jeez. Um, also a 1-4, actually. Weird. Um, oh. But yeah, McKinney <laughs> Patrol triggered Vigilance on all your allies, so you could get double double thing. It had two power, three toughness. Uh, you could get a decent attack in, two damage, and leave, have him back on to block. Whereas this is like, the one damage that you're getting through for every now and then to take advantage of the Vigilance is not... So really it's, it's just too much of a risk during the uh, the Gatewatch packs to go for allies then, because you're not going to get the... Uh, um, the collective effect, what are we calling that? The, the tribal effect yeah. until you get to, into your battle for Zenica. Exactly. So, so it's too so much of a risk, wouldn't maybe it? Maybe we'll see in the rest of this pack whether there's some rally cards, but there are not many. There's, oh, there's not oh so there are some. Mm. They've, yeah. they've changed it up for another mechanical cohort, which is tap this and another ally that you control. Right. So vigilance might be relevant there, but again, you don't want to be playing a one forward vigilance just to trigger you, tapping your guys down. Yeah. Like uh, Especially if he's got vigilance, because you want him there as a wall, right? Uh, or, or yeah, a wall or a good attacker for vigilance. Yeah. Um, the, the cohort mechanic in general is very slow, and you want to grind the board out. So maybe this is okay as a blocker to get to that stage, but but, but it's a three cost. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, I, I would only really speculate that, uh, like, I'd maybe draft it if I had in mind, like, really hoping for certain equipments to turn up or something mm-hmm. like that, because he's vigilant. Maybe if you could get Chitna's cloak. 
Uh, maybe oh, yeah. if you could get bone sore uh, and that kind of thing. Because then it's Chitna's cloak. Then he gets plus plus three, plus three, and menace. Mm. And that's going to mm. be something else with a bit of vigilance. Yeah. Right. Cause, cause but you're done. hoping for something you haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I know. It's been such a long time since I felt any kind of confidence going for a piece of equipment ever. Just to, it just no, they, this, they've, they've pulled the power level of them down because it, it leads to yeah. repetitive gameplay in, 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 in limited, which is draft and sealed. Whereas if you have a piece of equipment and then it suddenly gets to that point where you've got lots of mana to spend and move it around to all your creatures, you have this uh, insane reusable yeah. enchantment pretty much that you have that your opponent doesn't and they just have to fight against that tide the whole time. Sure, yeah. So they don't really like putting away. super powerful equipment. But and his cloak actually very strong. McKindy hmm. Aeronaut for one and a planes. He's a 1-3. He's a creature. Core Scout Ally. <laughs> And he's got flying. Oh, everyone's got everyone's got a skill, haven't they? These allies. <laughs> All right. So, have we just reviewed this card? Or yeah, is this... Pre- yeah, pretty much. This one's probably worse because he's not <laughs> he's not gonna um, block too much. He can't block anything in three power. It just dies again. You probably maybe want some equipment on him so he can fly over. But I don't really want to be playing this in, in my deck. So what's what's he hitting for? One. It's one is a one three. <laughs> for, sorry, I forgot. For two, for two. One and a white. Yeah. yeah two. Okay. I mean, like, I had some of this when I was kind of just, like, making up a... I mean, this is a, uh, would I draft it? No, uh, totally agree. Mm-hmm. Had it in some stuff, like, early on, like, similar kind of stuff, mm-hmm. the uh, Kite Scout or whatever the other one in BFC is called. The one, one for one? Yeah, and, and I was like, mm. and even then I was like, no. Nah. It's just like... They're always underwhelming, those cards, yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's just... I feel like it's just... For the money you spend, there's other stuff that does more. Like, one one and a one and a anything, Kalashra Healer. Mm-hmm. Like, just mm-hmm. really... Wasn't the thing about Battle for Zendikar that flyers were particularly useful? Like, or any kind of evasion was particularly yeah, useful? Because they were a low... There was a big like archetype around the blue-white flyers deck where you just gum up the ground with uh, a, an 06 wall or two and then just fly over with um, uh, Shadow Glider, which is like the 2-2, for th- 2-2 mm-hmm. flying for 3 mana and um, the, the Griffin and stuff. And you just like... Hit them in the air, and there's not fantastic blocking uh, reach yeah. defense. Because you do get uh, in certain sets, you do get these cheeky little cards that come through uh, as flyers, and you end up playing them. And you just go chip, 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 mm-hmm. and you go, "Man, I got five five points of damage just from this yeah. crappy card." Yeah. I mean, you usually want them for one or two cost. That's what this guy is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you like you can't ever rely on it though, because if you draw it late. He's yeah. not going to kill him. Like, all that work that you did to get him to four, it's still going to take you four turns to kill him with this guy. Yeah. Whereas a two-power flyer can end the game in three turns if you've done a bit of work already. All right. Uh, oh, abstruse interference. This is ab- abstruse interference? Abstruse, <laughs> but yeah. But, like, I looked up that word. Is it a word? Is like it a word? archaic old English. Like, where are they pulling these? Abstruse interference. And what does abstruse mean? Uh, like, uh, chaotic kind of um, erratic oh, okay. to do with communications wow. and stuff. Seven land hand facts are there. Ooh. Abstruse. I have abstruse interference. Two and a... Uh, I've forgotten the quote. Blue? <laughs> two, and a blue. God, two and an island. Two and an island for an instant. He's devoid. Well, he's not anything, is he? It's an instant. Uh, devoid. Counter target spell unless its controller pays one. You put a 1 1 colorless Eldrazi Scion creature token onto the battlefield. It has sacrifices creature. Add. Oh, there's that symbol. What are we calling that now? Waste. Colorless. Colorless. Mm-hmm. Add, add colorless to your mana pool. 
colorless. Oh, that it says or diamond manner or wastes manner. They, they did refer to it as uh, as the symbol being an open corner diamond. So mm. <laughs> yeah, because like, I mean, that rolls off my tongue. Open corner diamond, diamond to your yeah. manner. Yeah. Yeah. Tap soaring. Add open corner diamond. Open corner diamond to your manner. <laughs> 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 uh, sorry, you can't play that card, Aaron. Uh, you need three open open corner diamonds. Open corner diamond. Yeah. But at the same time, we don't say like three little flame emojis <laughs> yeah, or like little tiny like, water. Oh, like, yeah, I, I just forget the name for Ireland because yeah. I'm confused by all these lands that are coming out. You know, it's like New I, lands. I, like what's yeah? I know, what's going to be next? It's going to be like deserts, glaciers, the, that empty block down the street where the homeless guy lives. Lots well, of reference to homeless guys today. Well, well, Innistrad's going to be like Innistrad's a city, right? Like, so maybe we'll see, you know, we cobble, cobblestone roads oh, and like yeah. back Cobbles, lots. Cobblestone, cobblestone road. road. Oh man! Add clay to your manifold. Magic blues players. Cobblestone road. Innistrad. Yeah, it's been back in them days. Anyway, abstruse interference to and an island for an instant that gives you uh, counter spell abilities. Oh, like, what do you reckon? You. In, in draft especially, it's very rare that everyone is curving out every single turn, so you often have that one mana spare. If someone casts this against you, it's quite likely you'll have a, a scion around to be able to pay for it, or just an extra land. And it doesn't do anything past, like, turn five or six. Right. You always have one mana extra on top of your spell. So this isn't going to be countering a spell a lot of the time. And then is the, the upside of it is that you get, like, the one one as well. Yeah. It's like, it's all okay, but... Um, I would maybe use it, so depending on what you can draft and that kind of thing, because mm-hmm. it, it seemed to at least come up when in the sealed pre-release stuff, like mm-hmm. if you can't draft some sources of colorless, but you might have pulled something really sweet like Reality Smasher oh, or yeah. something like that. So mm-hmm. maybe if this was further back in a pack and you had gone, oh, damn, and just like nabbed a, a really nice new pure colorless creature, mm-hmm. um, then, I mean, really, I think you'd be countering something that you could not really mind coming onto the mm-hmm. field yep. uh, and just kind of tricking your opponent into paying one for you to have a scion. Yeah. <laughs> well, you get a scion regardless of whether they pay it or not. Well, well, there you go. So, yeah, so really you, just you counter it. their thing, they pay an extra for it, you get a, a colourless source for your big game-ending bomb or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. That's a good point. Particularly because yeah. it's an instant. If I can uh, do that during their thing, then I might have something that I need a colourless for in the combat phase of my mm-hmm. opponent's thing. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> to activate an ability or play a new thing, yeah. Skyscourer, one and a swamp for a creature who's an Eldrazi drone. He's a one-two. He's devoid and he's got flying. Whenever you cast a colorless spell, Skyscourer gets plus one, plus zero until the end of turn. Ooh. Whenever you cast so those, a col- is it whenever you cast a colorless whenever spell? Whenever you cast a colorless spell, Skyscourer gets plus one, plus zero until the end of turn. Like, so then you've got two in the air. So by the end of Battle for Zendikar, I'm not sure how similar it's going to be uh, in this set. Um you could make a deck that was pretty much all colorless cards. So then you're pretty much paying one and a black for a 2-2 flying, which is pretty strong. Um, but it's... Oh, I don't know. It, it doesn't have ingest, but there's no processing in this set either. Um, yeah, it's hard to see where this is going to land. It could be really strong, yeah. aggressive card, because you're playing a colorless spell every turn. You just 2-2-2 two, two, two from turn 3. Um, but it could also be really mediocre. It's, it's hard to tell until we play a few play games. Play a few games, set. yeah. Um, I, I would say, like, for everything that I officially read from Magic as, mm-hmm. as being a new guy, so mm-hmm. I read all their tips and everything, and they, everything they say is draft and sealed are, are aggressive and fast. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even if you could play it turn two and just have it out there to, to do whatever, and then you get that little bit of a and buff, that might be an extra. attack for one on turn three, woof. Yeah, attack for <laughs> one, then attack for two, then attack for one, then attack for two, then you it's like a one and a half yeah. two for, for one and a black with flying, which is, again, not a bad deal if... if, if um, 
if creatures could have one and a half power. But it's it's not bad mm. if you do it every other turn, still a yeah. half and even, even if you have a, a Devoid instant or, or anything else you, you could do, then like maybe you just buff him because he's flying during an opponent's combat and just use it to mutually destroy something mm-hmm. that's like two yeah, trillion, yeah, you can you know? block it and then yeah give him a buff and stuff. it can also if, if those sort of cards become a pain in the ass they can attract uh, uh, removal cards can't they which mm-hmm. is not bad because if someone gets yeah if they're blowing your silly two drop out of the air yeah. they're happy that they've wasted their happy with that on. that's yep. good that's good right you can see you cast this and being as annoying as annoying as possible just in socially. <laughs> socially being as annoying as possible. Yeah, right. Uh, Saddleback Lagak. There's a good word. Saddleback Lagak. Uh, some of these are in, um, in Dwarf. Dwarf wrote some of these cards. <laughs> Star Trek reference. Uh, Saddleback Lagak. Three and a forest for a 3 1. Uh, he's a creature. He's a lizard. When Saddleback Lagak enters the battlefield, support two. Might have to go through that. Uh, which means put a plus one, plus one, plus one counter on each of up to two other target creatures. Oh, and that's forever. Yeah, so permanent counters from all the support cards. Maybe this is a payoff for the small flying guys that, uh, that we've just yeah. been looking at. The Vigilance guy as well. If you get a plus one, plus one counter on him, hitting with a 2-5 Vigilance every turn, that's suddenly you're playing with a bit of gas there. Yeah. Same with the 1-3 flying. If you can curve, say, this, uh, there is another card in the set. Oh, say, say you're playing green-white allies. Yeah. You go turn two McKinney Aeronaut, which we saw earlier in the pack, 1-3 with flying. Turn three Aphra Protector, Vigilance. They play some creatures or whatever. You curve into this 3-1 with support 2. Suddenly you've got a 2-4 with flying, attacking. A 2-5 with vigilance, attacking. And you've got a 3-1 lizard on the ground. You have a huge, bit of, huge yeah, force. Bit of thing like, going you know, on. That's 4 damage that's practically unblockable until later. So I can actually see the synergy between a lot of these cards yeah. now. Because once you take into su- uh, account support and cohort, these kind of crappy looking creatures that we saw yeah. earlier in the pack look like they might add up to something more than, than we originally thought. I had a similar kind of thinking when uh, when Magic published the full spoiler. I was like, I feel like we're, we might see some decks that are like zillions of cheap creatures that have support. Mm-hmm. So lots of like, yeah. you know, really heavy around four and five drop for support and then mm-hmm. instants that support. And yeah. it's exactly that. Yeah. You just have a whole bunch of stuff that's like maybe flying and you find you kind of, you know, as you play, you go, oh, this person's not really able to answer the flying kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you have lots of that support. And then you support the heck out of your flyers. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that uh i like i like this uh the support too i've had to play against some stuff that had some support going on already and it was pretty painful it feels quite overwhelming when they're just like you're about even on board and suddenly they put two counters on their guys and you can't block either of them profitably anymore so it's like they got like a big buff to their creatures even though it's only a plus one plus one counter each I think it's good if a, if a set has that sort of stuff where the common card you can get excited about the common yeah. cards then you there's gold I mean we can all get excited you know like I've looked at a set as it's come out and gone oh I can't wait to play that even an uncommon yeah. I can't wait to play that uncommon or that rare or that mythic that's going to be awesome and then you never see it once yeah, yeah. in drafting <laughs> Having the common cards like that, you know, like seeing, like say, if, if there was some good synergy between some cards, you're going to see a lot of these guys. Mm. It's just great. You go, yeah, I'm just going to get a whole bunch of these and start dropping counters on them. And I've got my game plan, and mm. you can get excited about that because you've got your your, your plan. Mm-hmm. The the meta kind of like drawback there though is if you have had, I guess, a nice time drafting and you've got plenty of uh, counters and stuff going on in, in your little uh, draft deck. Like having support is just a big flashing sign that says counter me. 
Mm. Like, and, and I guess you could play that. You could kind of maybe even bluff them out if you're playing something to cheat with support and they mm. go and they tap some of their mana just go, nah, why? Just to counter it out of the field. And bait your bigger mm. stuff. Exactly. Mm. So, I mean, I think it could play both ways there. Like, you might be really needing to go, oh, dang, I really need to support all these flyers because it's the only way I'm doing any damage at the moment mm-hmm. uh, to try and break a bit of a stalemate. But... And then you just get countered because it's got to be counter me. So well, they're going to get two looks at you, though, aren't they? You know, you, if you if you're quick in and out, you can win win the draft contest and be out of there before they go. Exactly. Oh, that's what I should do. do I should have I should have played of... my removal on those earlier cards instead of holding yeah. on to it and looking at this card for five rounds while I'm waiting for the bomb to come out. There is no bomb. I should have used just it earlier. Crappy, like, it's just yeah. a bunch of crap. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember me getting so excited in Theros draft about oh, traveling no, I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, oh man, I just you want can just to drop everything I just on that guy. I just want to put some shit on him. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I, know. I just got really excited about tutus and your opponent's like, I'll save this for that big angel or whatever that I play. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to kill you with this tutu, man. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the be- base. Believe it, that's buddy. That's the base, yeah. man. Well, that's, and that's already happened. I mean, it's not a similar kind of thing, but, like, Drana's Emissary, like, if you see that in draft, you're like, oh, you draft, You've draft that hard it, yeah. card, hardcore, because, like, I've mm. been pecked away by it a bunch of times, even by Aaron himself. Like, no. <laughs> He's a pecker. All right, Tar Snare for two and a swamp. It's an instant. Target creature gets negative three, negative two until the end of the turn. I've got some flavor problems with these cards. Saddleback Legac. Yeah. What is this lizard? So we've got all these allies. We've got a bit of an army fighting banding against the Eldrazi. Suddenly this lizard turns up. Yeah. And everyone's buffer and stronger than normal. What's he? They're not riding him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are, man. Like, because he's look, got a saddleback. A, a good large. Yeah, it's because it means he's got a saddle on his back. Oh, he's back in A good, a good Lagak will carry you through thick and thin. A bad oh. one. Well, it's a tasty dinner. Raff Slug Eater Goblin Shortcutter. Like, so, you know, although I will agree with you, right? It sounds like someone's coughed halfway through the brainstorm session going, yeah, yeah, settle back. <coughs> and uh, and they go, what was that? Uh, Lagak, I guess. So. Everybody, How would you spell that? Everybody feels better when a lizard rocks up, though. Come on. Yeah. You know, oh, man. if a gecko came Spring in now, we'd all be like, hey, welcome to the pod. Like this is great. a slightly larger minotaur. Damn right. Now. Yeah, let's take on that minotaur. Why not? <laughs> So what's what's the problem with tar, tar snare? Tar snare? How do you make a snare out of tar? Well, yeah, it, it explains that it. it's like it's um, like a sentient algae. It, well, the, the, we oh, don't. Oh no, you haven't been reading up on. I, I, text, play, I played you? one of these on sealed. <laughs> they, well, when usually in uh, in Buster Booster we just do the card, but you know the the flavor text is the amorphous, magically animated residue known as the Fathom Sludge lurks <laughs> in the Hagra cistern. Cistern. <laughs> Attacking its prey with pseudopods and dragging it down to be digested. But that's not going to make the decision whether you draft it or not. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what do you reckon? Negative three, negative two, uh, four, it's good. three I'm, mana? Like, um, with, with removal at where it is now, so there's a card called Oblivion Strike in this set. It's common, three and a black sorcery, exile target creature. Bam! Right. Yeah. That's what you want. That's like unconditional... How much does that cost? Three and a black. Oh, okay. That's... Um, Tarsnare's instant, so you can mess with their stuff in combat. You can kill small things with two toughness. Uh, if they attack with a 4-4, you turn it into a 1-2, you know, and then you can block it with your 2-2 two, two and kill it. Um, it's not going to kill their big flying bombs, but where, like, Oblivion Strike yeah. would. So this isn't premium removal, but I'm not upset to have this in my deck. You're going to kill some early drops, like we were saying. Yeah. Those, um, it can't kill any of the things in this pack apart yeah. from the, the lizard, but still... Um, it's 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 good. It's like a utility kind of flexible removal spell. Is is black uh, an archetype that allows you to hold mana back quite safely? Ah, uh, because that's know if you that's, really want to be doing that. It's it's got a lot of the devoid creatures, so you yeah. can. Because otherwise, then you're heavy. using an instant in your own turn. 
which is not optimal, but like yeah. you're gonna have to do it sometimes. Uh, I was thinking the same kind of thing. I mean, like if you know, if if they've got something that's just in the way, something with high defense, um, you know, just off the top of my head, it'd be O six, the new O six, yeah, yeah, an O six, like a, a fortified rampart or True. something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they block with it or something like that I'd be using it maybe kind of second main just to clean oh, up stuff yeah, like sure. if, if they're like oh sweet I've got this thing to deal with that with maybe one to two spare life sure, yeah. and you go two. oh sweet I'm sick yeah. of looking at that let's let's knock some power off of mm-hmm. it or even you play it during their combat just to go just to get something under the blocking threshold of one of your guys mm-hmm. yeah. like I feel like it's more just trying to survive a combat turn rather than serious removal yeah like the fact that it can kill small stuff and then you can use it in addition to attacking and blocking <laughs> means that it's kind really? of flexible but, but like I said it's not premium like no. you're not happy to be taking this yeah, I feel so like early I'm, I feel a bit nervous waiting on that play car you know it's like yeah, it's, it's a, it gets mm-hmm. more and more situational you know because the maths has got to add up you know what's, if it's a, yeah, it's a zero point? six and you go in with a, something that's going to hurt it for two it's down to four and you're still looking at your task and they're going yeah, well, not doing anything with <laughs> yeah, this, this round. Was like, yeah, couldn't you just block him with the other card over there? Well, and yeah, yeah, you just kind of want to nudge it towards it with your pen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please don't block that Fall with that guy because then you'll have to. Yeah, exactly. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not overly impressed, or oh, no. it's fine. Fine. I, I'd say one one final comment on that one. Mm-hmm. Menace is so popular in this. Set. Oh yeah, lots of menace, and, and we can talk about this more later. But yeah. Yeah. Um, if you got something menace and they're chum blocking, they're getting two or three guys in front of your big big menace thing, then you might might be using that you might allocate yeah, is, your damage to get that done. yeah this anyway. is a, mm. this is a fantastic way to mess with with combat with multiple blockers and stuff as yeah. Well, so yeah stalking drone one in a forest for a 2-2 who's an Eldrazi drone he's a creature uh, he's devoid and for the stupid diamond thing uh, <laughs> stalking drone gets plus one plus two until end of turn activate this ability only once each turn so you can't pu- keep pumping it so uh, you you can pump it once and he'll become a 3-4. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had this guy in sealed deck. Um, I had like a blue-green kind of tempo thing. And this guy fits in really well because early you don't really have the colorless... You don't have millions of colorless sources. Okay. So when you draw your waste later or you have a creature that can add colorless to your this guy gets a bit of utility beyond just being a 2-2 two, two for 2. Um, and so you can start, yeah, uh, activating him. But the fact that the... The ceiling for this card is him just being a 3-4 that you've got to pay mana for every turn. It's like it's okay, but you're just getting extra value out of something you would play in your deck anyway. I'd usually play 2-2s two for 2 in aggressive yeah. draft decks. Yeah. So. Travelling Philosopher, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is Travelling Philosopher Plus. Yeah. I'd say kind of, yeah, same thing for me. I feel like it's it's value for money in the sense mm-hmm. of like two for yeah. two, two for two. Yeah, that's good enough, even if it probably didn't have a gimmick. I mean, culling drones, exactly that. It's yeah, two, same. two for two, but it has ingest and all that kind mm-hmm. of jazz. Um, and I mean, and later on, if you need to, yeah, maybe you can do that again just for like making chum blocking a bit more Yeah, powerful, or make your blocks you know. better or something. Yeah. yeah. So what, what are your options for the, um, for the diamond symbol source? So when you're drafting, you can pick up, there's two common slots that are taken up by the land wastes which right. is just a basic land that taps for a colorless mana which is the diamond symbol uh you also have a few creatures that can uh they're all eldrazi um there's a two through vigilance that taps for a diamond there War- is warden of geometries warden of geometries um there's the um Kozilek's translator which you can pay a life to add a colorless once per turn and uh, there's another one which I've forgotten the name of, which can only be used on colorless. Cultivator drone. Cultivator drone. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, two three for two and a blue. So that's like pretty good body for three mana anyway, and it taps for colorless. 
Um, and then there's a few artifacts and bits and pieces as well yeah. that can... And I mean, keep in mind, there's like Hadron Archive and stuff, which you would be like mm -hmm. definitely drafting. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favourites. Um, and there's like Mirror Pool and Unknown Shores and, and stuff yeah, like you that. Can, oh yeah, the, all the non-basic lands in the mm. set. All which you draft well. in now, don't you? Yeah, so you have yeah. to draft them. You can't... Yeah. Even though it's a basic land, technically, it's, uh, it's not a basic land type that you can just add as many as you want to your deck. So you have to draft waste. You have to draft some of those sources that we were talking about. Cool. Cinder Helion, uh, four and a mountain for a creature who is a Helion. Uh, he's a 4-4. Four, four. He's got Trample. When Cinder Helion enters the battlefield, it deals two damage to target opponent, red card style. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It's just a big, stupid creature. Trample past their big guy, so it can't be chump blocks. Two damage to their face right when it comes in. He's just, like, solid all round. Yep. I'd, I'd play it. I uh, played it in, in two headed giant sealed, um, and it was nice. I mean, if it hangs around long enough, and you can you can put some equipment on or something like that. Yeah. If you if you the trample was but it's just like a four four. As far as I can see from this set, there's not heaps and heaps of massive Eldrazi. So four four is actually pretty decent body. Yeah, so it's like a, a four four for four, and then mm. another card that's uh, two damage for one. Mm, yeah, stable it's, them together. What do you get? You get a Cinderhelion. Yeah, but that, that's that's all right. But even then, like it's got trample. Like like you keep expecting to see a downside on a red common like this, but it's like it's all it's all good. I'll play like a couple of these in most draft decks, and yeah. it's easy to cast too. It doesn't even cost double red. This this answers a bit of a question uh, that I just asked about when when you're getting your your sources, your diamond sources from. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so weird to have such uh, like you know maybe seven or eight cards left in a pack and. See, oh, yeah, a see a wasteland. It's a ba basic land wastes. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that's uh, just you're not going to be picking them up early, but it's really no. hard to s to know when you're going to start taking these. Um, do you do you take them preemptively and pick up all the wastes uh, cost stuff later, or do you luck into them because you see that you're getting past a lot of wastes? Can't so be an early pick because no, you, there's no there's no function to them. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. that, it's like a strictly worse than basic land, which you can just play for free. Yeah. from the pile because you can't be going, hey man, I got five of these. Uh, oh, yeah. Can't do anything yet. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thinking the same kind of thing, and that's that seemed to to be happening for me mentally, or I was just kind of having the thought like, oh dang, because either do you draft those Eldrazi that have got like a sweet gimmick for a little bit of you know one and a diamond or a diamond or Mm -hmm. or two and a diamond they got some special powers yep. um, and that seems to be really what they're quite reliant on this set and then you know hope 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 you're going to get a waste or a hedron crawler or something like and that you don't later get on any. yeah or opposite way you pull the hedron crawler whatever <laughs> yeah. going oh yeah I'm going to pull some sweet old drowsy and you see like one yeah. of them and it's like slaughter drone one and a black death touch like, yeah you know. and you get no payoff like yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, so you got to be counting on the the extra cost, the the wasteland cost mm -hmm. uh, being a, a bonus if you get it, and yeah. the rest of the cards going to so, hold its own. So like, this, but like, I'm taking say uh, so far in this pack, I think I'm just taking Tarsnare because it's just oh really versatile. Like yeah. like it's it's the only thing that's close to a removal spell. Yeah, and then everything else is just kind of like eh, it's okay, and Tarsnare is just eh, okay as well. But there's yeah. nothing that you're excited to take. Stalking Drone, if you have a, a heap of those colorless sources, is most of the time a 3-4 for 2-mana, yeah. and you pay for it every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you don't know that you're going to pick up those <laughs> colorless sources. <laughs> no. It's so hard to know how much of it you're going to be able to get. So that's what I'm keen to find out in the first like 5-10 drafts of the format. Yeah. Whether you're just playing this as a 2-2 two, two for 2, because and you have two wastes in your deck and hope that you draw them sometimes. Because you're hoping for that waste to wheel, or for the one to be in another pack that you can pick up, but 
Who the, knows who else has done that? Exactly, and you and that's to uh, assist a card which you've chosen, which is a common. Mm-hmm. So they could be all over the yeah. table so you yeah you could you could be right sitting next door to a, a waste sponge so, you know and nothing's yeah. getting through that guy i think i think it's one of those you really have to i mean if you're a person that plays draft regularly then that's that's going to be all good like if you go out to just kind of spontaneously oh, i've got nothing to do no, i'll go play draft like it's i feel like you have to go in you really have to decide all right i'm gonna pick lots of eldrazi i'm gonna pick lots of ways yeah, or i'm, I'm just not. gonna if they or come I'm up <laughs> or i'm gonna stay the hell away well, from exactly, it yeah, exactly right. you're all in or you're all out yeah. and and really on that basis you might be betting to have a, mm. a really crummy deck yeah i know and that's and that's the worst <laughs> attitude to go into a draft i can remember like really really early on when i was drafting and like you were there and, mm. and i came over to you and i said before it was like uh it was a. Uh, Oh man! When I was I raving feel... about blue white, and he was no, like, "I'm just going to force blue white." No, no, I was, I was, I was forcing green red slivers. Oh, I looked at it and I thought, I can go, I can go tribal with these. They're everywhere. This is going to totally work, man. Yeah. And so I did, and it was the worst night. It, was <laughs> it just, just doesn't work. Yeah. It could be because the forcing plan was just a dreadful one. But yeah, forcing works in some formats, but like in that one, if sometimes no one would open a sliver in the whole eight packs that get open around the table, and you're like. No one else is drafting slivers. Um, it's only me. Yeah. And it's just the printer has chosen that you have no slivers. Yeah, I've got my so, two yeah. slivers. I'm going tribal. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> All right. Well, we're going into the uncommons now. Uh, we've got Grasp of Darkness, which you can pick up for two swamps. Uh, it's an instant. Tiger creature gets negative four, negative four until the end of turn. That's a goodbye to the Helion. Damn. Um, I was initially struck by this uh, as because I started playing with some Origin stuff right before BFZ came out. That's how new I am, everybody. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's like Languish, but it's got a target. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and that I really liked that. Uh, there was a bit of buzz uh, at the midnight release, and people were like, "Oh, damn! This is going to be this is going to be a serious draft contender." And um, BC played standard and stuff as well because it's a pretty good rate for. For two black mana, if if you can make a lot of it, you're just killing pretty much anything before turn yeah. six, yeah. seven. <laughs> it kills every single creature we've seen in this yeah. pack anyway. Yep, definite draft. Yes. Um so this is this is this is the pick so far. Yeah, it's just sure. like look at this compared to Tarsnare. You pay more mana. It's slightly harder on the color cost, but you just neg four, neg four is killing. I was going to ask about the, the two swamp cost. Does mm-hmm. that tie you into anything? You, th- you know, that means you got to go. The the waste heavy. in this set has pulled you. So say you're like blue black Eldrazi or something. You're weirdly blue black and wastes Eldrazi. So you you're kind of playing three colors because you need some of this colorless source. What's the so, rough color split on that? Then, uh, if you, like, so you know, I played blue green like tempo in the sealed uh, event. And I had a bunch of things that could tap for blue or green or a colorless mana, like one of my rares, I think Holdout Settlement uh, and uh, Crumbling Vestige, all like non-basic lands that tap for colorless and then they can produce a color once or no, produce well, a color for some so simulation. That muddies the water a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> so you, you're kind of like, you want five colorless sources that you can hopefully draw incidentally and then your normal amounts of blue and green seven no. and seven or something like that. Yeah. similar thing playing sealed uh and, and i've been already working some of this into a into a, my my favorite standard deck and i might accidentally be breaking it but um unknown shores and crumbling vestige i don't mind including those because they normally tap for color so i mean mm-hmm. yeah, if your color fixing is okay if you've got a maybe a fetch land if you if you're feeling rich or <laughs> some double color lands and that kind of thing you're you're probably okay for colors uh, and that kind of thing, but in sealed, 
I don't know. Like, I'd definitely be going for something like Crumbling Vestige because you can either use it for colour fixing when it first turns up mm-hmm. and you go, oh, I need it to be a black this turn. Whew, lucky, you know, play it tap, here's a black. Uh, and that kind of thing. And or then it taps for colourless later. Exactly. Yeah. Or Unknown Shores is colourless most of the time or for one mana. You know, and like I was saying, you usually have some spare mana if you're getting up that end and you've got a sweet power you need to pull off. Tap it and it can be any colour you want. Mm-hmm. So it's all very... We're- pretty happy with that one that's a strong grasp of darkness is is that it's all you know like sort of sip of hemlock sort of uh yeah, that, those, like, that stream of removal wasn't yeah, it yeah like, um this but much is cheaper so much cheaper yeah. so this actually reminds me a lot of victim of night from innistrad which yeah. is just black black destroy target non-werewolf non-vampire non-zombie creature but it killed like 70 percent of stuff in the format i think this is going to do a similar it's going to have to start destroying job. vampires and werewolves yeah. soon man. <laughs> We hope. Uh, Reflector Mage. Oh, here's a... Oh, this card's so silly. Gold oh. card. Uh, so it's one and a plains and an island, and it's a 2-3. It's a creature who's a human wizard. He's got mirrors flying around everywhere. <laughs> when uh, Reflector Mage enters the battlefield, return target creature and opponent controls to its owner's hand. That creature's owner can't cast spells with the same name as that creature until your next turn. So he's going to hold on to it for one round. He can't just... Play it straight mm. down. All right, what does this one mean? Is this... So this is, uh, historically, creatures that have come into play and returned another creature to their owner's hand have been very, very powerful. Because right. y- what you're getting is a body on the board for three mana, which I would play three mana for a two-three sometimes, and you're removing all the mana that they spent on putting that thing there, and this even has the added bonus of them not being able to play it again next yeah. turn. So in M, uh, in Origin, no, no, in M15, there were a lot of bounce spells. And if your opponent just played, say, a 3-3 and then bounced the creature that you played every turn, how are you ever, ever getting back in that game? Yeah. Because they, they play a bounce spell and another creature. They've got two things on the board. You play your creature, they return it to your hand you're so far behind because you haven't done anything for two turns apart from spend your mana and yeah. have it be wasted. Yeah. So this is like, I think this is going to cause a lot of like snowball effects in draft where you're just like, you're blue-white, you start off, say that insane start that we had where we're like, that two-drop flyer, the three-drop with vigilance, you support and then they go, cool, I'm going to shut it all down with this block and you're like, bounce it, you can't play it for another turn with Reflector Mage. Yeah. How are you getting back in that game? You're You're just like... But the gold, but the gold card. The this, gold this, card yeah. this early on, you know, this, might, this is first yeah. pick, pack one, pick one. Do you go? This is uh, so, so much of a pain in the ass. I'm going to go blue, blue, white straight away. You can, you can never, can you ever do no, that? You it, can't ever do that. Can I you? don't know if this is powerful enough yeah. that you can justify it. It's really, really hard to tell at this point in time. Maybe blue white's the best deck in the format, and so you always take reflector mage when you see it. But blue white's always who, the best. Who knows? So, yeah, yeah that's, in my mind, it's always the best. So I'm taking this. Uh, I think I'm taking grasp over it because it actually permanently kills something. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably still agree. I'd, I'd keep uh, grasp, grasp of darkness, darkness um, which is definitely. What does that sound like? Sounds like heart of darkness. Heart of darkness. Uh, <laughs> well, haven't over, you haven't overcommitted really with grasp of darkness. You've got to go heavy swamps on your um, on your on your. Yeah. Uh, land, on your mana sources yeah so but like say you don't draw your second swamp until turn 4 yeah, you're still happy with that I know, you right? do play that and a 2 drop but you this guy like oh, they might have pumped something for and spent more mana on that card anyway and then you take it down that feels good that feels good yeah. you're <laughs> killing a 6 mana creature with your 2 mana spell yeah, yeah. And, and for this one I mean like definitely not pack 1 pick 1 but mm-hmm. like because it commits I, you uh, to two colours first yeah thing, exactly yeah. and I mean later on maybe you've been lucky but and you've drafted but late in the second pack yeah late in the second pack 
Yeah, I mean, I've I've had that. Where, you know, when you've, you've you're already deep in the blue white, and then a car like this comes around, and you go, oh, oh happy <laughs> oh, days! Yeah. This is great. It's my day. And you laugh, and everyone goes, "What did you get?" And you're like, "Nothing." Well, they don't usually say that. They usually just go, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. <laughs> that's a, that's a, my, my favourite phrase lately is like, that's an unsporting question. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it wasn't a question. It was just a chorty giggle. Chorty giggle. <laughs> All right. Uh, I've sort of got a... I don't know if I've got a foil or not because I didn't know. How many... What's, uh, what's on the back of these? I think we only had nine comments. Oh. Well, we've got... On the back of this, we've got an Eldrazi Scion token. And then we'll have a land card going off, yeah, off the yeah, back. We We've got a mountain. Oh, it's a Noah Bradley one. Uh, okay, so then, we're, so this is so to get back to the front. We've got three cards left, so, and so this is our last rare uncommon rare foil. Woohoo! Expedition! Oh, Expedition! Expedition! Should we preempt this by saying that uh, Aaron laid claim to this pack, and I said, "No, I want, I want to keep this pack." So I'll, give you I'll a different I'll, one. I'll, I'll replace this pack with a different oh, one. Oh God. Yeah, baby. Come on. Why did I ever agree? I wish I was Paul Cart right now because that would definitely be an expedition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's probably just the worst common foil. Yeah, it's, in the it's deck. a foil uh, abstruse interference. I will say that uh, I don't think I've been present for any. I mean, like, there's probably been people at events I was at that have opened mm-hmm. expeditions, but I've never been in the like same intimate setting as an expedition thing so oh, I might be cancelling it out because no. I've, yeah. I've spent and lots of money on BFZ haven't seen an expedition I've probably bought a booster box's worth of boosters yeah. haven't seen one so maybe <laughs> and if I'm anything like... the, the pod is intimate yeah yeah. if anything we're, we're practically yeah. in the cupboard well no that's the correct that's the correct kind of attitude to come in here Kai because uh, like poor Kai he was, he was he said something like yeah I've only opened uh, two or three expeditions Is that, that was pretty much the yeah. quote and I was like Screw you! Yeah. I've opened maybe three plus boxes over my time with the set, and nothing. Yeah, and no one's ever seen Paul Kite since. Yeah, so we murdered him. Yeah, wrapped we him up him in carpet, threw him off swiftly. The we we neg four, neg four him immediately. Across his darkness. Oh, that sounds bad. No. Mm. All right, Iona's blessing. Uh, it's three in a plains. It's an enchantment. It's an aura. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two. Has vigilance and can block an additional creature. Uh, don't play this card because <laughs> there's lots of kill spells in this set and when you put it on your creature sure you might get in one attack with it four or five damage cool that's good yeah. and then I kill both your creature and your enchantment with you, my one kill spell and it costs um, you four and it costs you four mana and yeah. it can block an additional creature like it. it's going to be when it's good it's going to be very good blocking multiple things getting in for attacks and stuff as well but I don't ever want to like waste two cards on Maybe making a creature big enough to maybe yeah. double block. But, but then also, you know, you block a couple of creatures and you fall foul to uh, Kai's Tarsner trick over <laughs> yeah, there, that's you know? A, that's, like, yeah, that's true. Exactly. I mean, like, I feel like it's a bit like support, you know, in, enchantment mm. auras in general. I mean, I played a couple already at the sealed mm-hmm. thing. I was yeah. a big fan of Untamed Hunger, uh, which gives you a buff um, and menace. Menace, yep. uh, and, But it was way cheaper. It was two in a plane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt like a lot of time I just didn't have much going on. But, but for that little bit more, I don't think you're getting a big enough buff to risk really just hanging a big sign that says kill me kill me yeah, yeah. <laughs> alright so we'll move quickly past that to Eldrazi Displacer Ooh. it's our rare mm. uh, two and a planes for a 3-3 three, three. so three for a 3-3 three, three. he's a creature he's an Eldrazi he's devoid two and a diamond thing I've really got to get to terms of two and a diamond Two, two and a colorless. Two and a color. No, we can't be colorless. Can it's color- oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, it is. It's two and a colorless. Two and a, two and a colorless. X, we should have talked about this pre-show, shouldn't we? <laughs> what do I call them things? I'm going to call it. I'm going to start calling it two and a transparent. Yeah. How many is. syllables can you get in there? <laughs> this is. You know, we could really late. We could start something today, and people would go transparent. That's it. That's transparent. It. transparent so that you know. nails it. Two and a trans. Transparent. I'm going to go trans. Syllables, uh, trans. I'm really not saving anything. Go tranny. 
I'm going to go. I'm going to go full oh, tranny. A trans deck. Uh, anyone got any trannies? That's uh, yeah. Can't wait yeah. for uh, the MTG community to get even even more like exclusive to minorities. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> All right, two and a tranny. No, two, <laughs> two, two and a colorless. Uh, exile another target creature, then return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. Under its owner's control. So. Exile another target creature, then return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. So you want an end of the battlefield effect here? Is this you doing it to yourself? Well, once, <laughs> well, well, all right. Let me, uh, let's say let's, let's expand let's on that idea. Let's look at some of the things in this pack. Uh, Cinder Hellion, bounce it with this Eldrazi Displacer. Bam! It's another two damage every turn after you've attacked with it for four trample. Yeah. Uh, so you've got a whole board of creatures, and you've got six mana. You bounce both their guys. They come back into play tapped. Suddenly, all of your creatures oh, you can, can do this get multiple attacked. times. So you, yeah, you can do it multiple times if Fantastic. you have multiple colorless sources. Yeah, uh, reflective mage return their creature, bounce your reflective mage, return their creature to their hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, they can't cast it again for another turn. When you hit six mana, you're doing that twice. The saddleback Lagak. Saddleback Lagak support too. Oh my oh, god, man, it's mad. Works there are for everybody. so many things to do with this card, yeah. and it's already on a three three for three. Man, I am sold. This card's. Freaking crazy! If I if I'd come in playing white, or I yeah had a way to generate like white mana and the waste mana, definitely the, yeah. the buzz online when this was shown. Some of the spoilers was like, oh, finally number one, finally a white <laughs> yeah. Eldrazi. Number two, finally this set gets a blink engine, mm-hmm. like yeah. and and just that ability. Yeah. And there's already people already just rubbing their hands about using it in modern and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But for the amount of enter the battlefield stuff that's around, yeah. for sure, mm-hmm. yeah, well, that's sweet. Yeah, okay, well don't jump. To any conclusions. I feel like this isn't an expedition, otherwise you would have it's, leapt would, out of your chair. I would have gone nuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> However, we do have the foil is a rare foil. Oh. Ooh. So, this could be good. It's foil Eldrazi Displacer. <laughs> it is a foil Dread Defiler. Oh. Six and a Swamp oh, for a 6-8 Eldrazi, mm. who's devoid for three and a Colorless. Exile a, t- exile a creature card from your graveyard. Target opponent loses life equal to the exiled card's power. Mm. Hmm. And that costs you four. So you want big guys already dead. It costs dead. a six and a black. And it costs yeah. three and a colorless to activate the ability. Yeah. What do you think? First, um, first thoughts. Step, step number one. Um, suggestive MTG names. Um, <laughs> Dread to follow. Um, anyway. <laughs> but uh, I feel like it has two purposes. Yeah. So either it's... Uh, what's, its what's its power toughness again? A six, eight. Six, eight. So either you're getting six, eight, which is... Pretty, pretty on par for seven, getting mm-hmm. out for seven. Yeah. But uh, I feel like maybe you have this guy just around and maybe they're blocking it out because it doesn't have trample or anything like that. Mm. Um, and that late in the thing, maybe they've already used their kill spell on something they don't like. Uh, you know, something like that's already happened. This guy, I feel like, I don't know, it's risky, but it would be nice. Like, I feel like it's kind of a fail-safe. It's yeah, like, if you've got exactly a bunch of stuff in your like graveyard... That. You've got this guy. Maybe mm. you've had to make one of those decks that's heaps of cheap mm. stuff, and mm. then you've got this guy, and you're just going to pay lots of mana to exile cheap stuff and just do unblockable life. And just, life and just kill him, yeah. So it's a, it feels like a gravy card, doesn't it? It feels like the card itself, if it stands up on its own, it's going to be okay. But otherwise, you kind of want big cards already in your graveyard, which is kind of hard to achieve because yeah, it's your so graveyard uh, to your opponent, isn't it? So because we don't know too much about the set yet, let's say you've got this hypothetical, uh, I don't know, black-red deck. You played your Cinder Hellion on turn five. You've got a few colorless sources, maybe some wastes out. On turn seven, you play your big Dread Defiler. They go, oh, God, it's a 6-8. I'm just going to chump block it for a while. But you've done some damage because you're black-red. 
Um, you've got your Cinderhellion, which is like a 4-4 in your graveyard. Maybe you've got like a 2-2 two -two or a 3-3 three -three in your graveyard as well. When you play your 8th land, if you manage to untap with this guy, you pay 8 mana, you, you could deal like 4, 7, 8 damage to him. Yeah. That could just kill him Partic right away. Particularly if you've drafted like Kozlex Channeler or Warden of Geometries or something yeah. like that, then you've then you've got spare you've, mana off yeah. the creatures. You and pay you a little bit of life, up. hopefully you've lived enough that you can spend spend a life. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they could be easy to pay for that by that end of the game. You might have creatures that tap for mana. Yeah, you know, like, the ability to do it over and over, over is, and over, is yeah. good. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, you know, what gets you as well is uh, it's the card's power that does the damage. The power, so yeah. it's not like you can even take advantage of having a, like a bunch of walls in your own graveyard that have just been destroyed over the period of the That's game. toughness. Sorry, toughness. Yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. This, this card is calling on the power. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if it was toughness... Then that, uh, then you'd oh, it'd be even more abusable, yeah. But yeah. like the power, you're like throwing your 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 creatures, which hopefully add high attack and stuff. The black red deck in this um, draft set is built uh, around a few things, like the uncommon. There's a three-one first strike, and every time you play a color spell, it deals one damage to them. Um, and flare drone, flare drone. If you have a couple of those in your graveyard, bam, six damage when you when you get this guy. Um, he just does. A lot, and he's a huge body, but he's going to have a huge target on his head. If he's <laughs> if he if you untap with him, you're going to win probably because you got the biggest creature on the board, and you have a repeatable source of just direct damage to their face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So is this the straight up? Who are you going to pick? It costs seven though. Yeah. It's it's one of those like. Are we seeing seven mana? Are we seeing? Oh. It, I, I feel like I saw some of the sealed games go for quite a while. But yeah. sealed is about, uh, like, in a broad sense, about a turn, a turn and a half longer than draft games. True. True. Um, and Eldrazi Displacer, I think, is going to do more work for a similar amount. And but like, I'd I'd much prefer say that they're just vanilla creatures, and I can't activate their ability all the time. I think I'd always prefer a three three for three than a six eight for seven. Because, but, yeah. because a six eight for seven is like. They're sandbagging their removal spells, just waiting for it to just pop it off and kill that thing. Whereas a three, three for three, they're like, eh, do I, don't I? Do it, I do it not. And then you're getting them for three every. And this, turn. and this guy, you get to turn, you get to turn seven. You cast it, it goes straight on there. You can't attack with him. You can't do anything. You've just spent every single bit of mana that you've got. Yep. You can't even do his ability. Mm -hmm. So the other guy gets to have a look at it. Yep. You know, so it's and, not and like so it's a, he's one. Displacer on turn six, you play him and you can activate his ability once if you have a colorless mana. So yeah. It, exactly. I, I think it's just one of those, it's so big. Yeah, exactly. If the person's been hanging on to all their removal going like, where is this guy going? Particularly if you've ended up drafting one of those lots of cheap creatures and there's been nothing worth whatever mm -hmm. I'd, I'd rather have Eldrazi Displacer which initially is kind of like not very scary I don't really I don't no, know if I'd you're not, you're not intimidated by it but you once yeah. you realise all the different stuff it can do and it just comes down and starts hitting for three when there's only two twos and stuff on the board way more versatile yeah yeah so that you, you so we'd I'm go I'm taking Displacer because I just like yeah. linked effects and I like repeatable value and I like three threes for three and uh, <laughs> Grasp of Darkness would get the uncommon vote yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Grasp of Darkness and Dread Defile, I think, are close. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to tell how fast the format's going to be. If this is a format where you can't cast seven drops and expect them to live, then either one of those cards are going to get the nod over. And what are you hoping to wheel around? Um, Tarsnare. <laughs> <laughs> Still? Sticking yeah. with it? Yeah. I don't mind Tarsnare. Okay. How do you feel about it, Kai? Um, yeah, I'd probably see Tarsner, like, come back, uh, ref I mean, Reflector Mage, oh, if I was reflect. playing those colours, and it came all the way back around, oh, people, like, nice. people were a bit like, mm, three, and I need What would your colors. first pick be, then? 
Oh, Jeff's first pick. I'd probably, I'd probably stick with uh, Grass for Darkness. Grass, yeah. yeah, you just want the fail safe. I'm a big, I'm a big removal fan. If so, I'm, if I'm hanging around and I'm a bit like, oh, I haven't got my second color out, and maybe I've got plenty of black or something like that, I'd be mm. much happy to have that. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what I'm saying. So you go, you go with, you said Grass for Darkness. Yep, that's my all right. Pick. Reflector Mage is worth nothing to you now. Yeah. What are you sure. hoping to come back? Uh, if I go Grass for Darkness and it's going to go around again... Um... Tasna. It's going to say Tasna. <laughs> well, I, well, almost, almost just want to pick something else now. Just like, oh, <laughs> you know... I don't think you've got any choices. Way, like, like defined. Way, yeah, waste. Yeah, waste. You know, right, TBH rebellion. maybe. Yeah, yeah, TB, yeah maybe. maybe I'll draft a waste. Because, I mean, look, worst comes to worst, you've got a couple of wastes going on, you use it for generics. Like, sure. I, I'm actually... Fairly, oh, I'm actually, I might do that. I might say I pick a waste. I'm going to stand behind that. Yeah, grass and right. first waste. Slam that down. Because you've right. got to power to the displacer with something. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a mammoth show, but screw it. Let's just do it. Let's go along. Yeah. MTG Car Quiz, six, seven, land hand. It's a real quiz. Oh, God. MTG Card Quiz. It's MTG Card Quiz. A little bit of a different format today because I wrote this without knowing... Uh, what sort of vintage of MTG card knowledge Kai has? Uh, and it turns out not a long vintage. No, six, so, six to twelve months. Well, you know, my girlfriend plays like technically a modern deck, so I know I know a bit of older stuff, and I spend some time on the Gatherer. Like, you know, don't, don't, don't don't do too much because we've he's phoned a friend and he's brought. Rob Grimsey in. How are you doing, guys? How are you yeah. Maybe the worst choice of person <laughs> to help with this sort of thing, given my record of maybe 10%, but hey. Yeah, but no, no one will be able to hear you, Rob, because you'll be sitting in the background. It'd be an extra right. 10% on top of what I got. Okay, so what we're going to do today, I'll give you the, the, the topic and everything. It's uh, uh, going to be Oath Anagrams. Ooh, okay. except, except, I don't know why I called it Oath Anagrams, because <laughs> it doesn't really relate to Oath. <laughs> Too much. Just at least? I, I think I think I wrote the title, and I was always, I was I was trying to get something like F and M or F and Oath, you know, oh, something sure. going, and yeah. yeah, none of it worked. So yeah, all so right. just anagrams. So all of these are real cards, but I may have their names jumbled. So oh, essentially, anagrams, right? All right. Question one. So this is Aaron versus Rob and Kai. For not clear at home, so Aaron's really got his work cut out for him today. In the Commander 2014 set, there is a mythic rare for three and two swamps that's called Halfback Exhibition Stool. <laughs> or I might have the name jumbled. The name Halfback Expedition half, Exhibition Stool. Halfback Exhibition Stool. Yeah. In the Commander 2014 set, there is a mythic rare. It's Costs three and two swamps, and it's called halfback exhibition stool. This can also be name a mythic rare for three and two swamps from the Commander 2014 <laughs> set. I, you know, I gave you lots of lead in there. All right, okay. okay so we're in Commander. This has already put me on a good set. Yeah, I'm a big Commander player. Yeah, yeah Rob yeah. loves Commander. Big, big uh, fan. Big fan. All right, cover, cover your work, guys. You know, this, this, this room's full of cheaters. Question two: On rare occasions during M14. We all like to sit down, spend two in a forest, and watch some enchanting Noon Death Watch footy. And footy is spelt I-E, not with a Y. Noon Death Watch footy. Noon. Noon. Death. Watch. Death Watch. watch. Footy. F-O-O-T-I-E. 
So on rare occasions during M14, we all like to sit down, spend two in a forest, and watch some enchanting noon Death Watch footy. Do we say what says is still Commander? No, no. During, M- during, M14. Oh, M14. on rare, oca- rare on occasions, ra- rare occasions, Rob. Rare Ooh. occasions during M14, we like to spit down two and a forest and watch some enchanting. Enchanting. So you know, read between the lines. It's a rare enchantment from M14. Costs two and a forest, and it's called Noon Death Watch Footy. Mm. Yeah. It's a lot of O's. It's a lot of so many O's. Yeah. Well, uh, Death Watch Footy. Who? No, there's no P. Hmm. Do we like ooh something? <laughs> ooh. Four O's. Oh, okay. Oh God. I don't know. Oh, I just. Oh, I just figured out something. <laughs> I wasn't. Did you play any M14 card? Any at all? Uh, let me just be come right out here and say no. <laughs> <laughs> just going to shock everyone by someone who's playing for for six months. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I've just realised that there is. Quite a reason behind the title of this card quiz. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Wow, gosh, I was clever. <laughs> so on rare occasions during M14, we all like to sit down, spend two in a forest, and watch some enchanting noon Death Watch footy. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Question three. In Oath of the Gatewatch, Kai, you're back in. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> This devoid mythic might also be an avert rift hunter. In Oath of the Gatewatch, this devoid mythic might also be an avert rift hunter. Avert or overt? Overt. O-V-E-R-T. Rift. R-I-F-T. Hunter. I don't don't know how to spell hunter. H-U-N-T-A? No, (laughs) E-R. Yeah, the proper way. Yeah. A devoid mythic from Oath of the Gatewatch might also be known as Overt Rift Hunter. And the title of the MTG card quiz was Oath Anagrams. Mm. So question one, in the commander, just to buy him some more time, and maybe you at home if you're doing it live, choose. Right. you can pause. In the commander 2014 set, there is a mythic rare for three and two swamps called Halfback Exhibition Stool. Question two, on rare occasions during M14, we all like to sit down, spend two in a forest and watch some enchanting noon Death Watch footy. And question three, in Oath of the Gatewatch, this devoid mythic might also be an overt rift hunter. Mm. Oath anagrams. Thanks for playing. Okay, mythics. All right. Let's go. Mythics from Oath of Gatewatch with Devoid. All right, so there's Kozlek, Wellbreaker. Uh, Maybe don't do your, you're doing your working out loud. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Aaron's not going to listen. He's not going to listen. No, Maybe no, I, I won't. I won't. We're going to do this as a team. So All right. we're thinking, okay, I've got, that's what we've got. It's got, so a, it's got so a V, v got in it. There's Kozlek, not many Vs and stuff. I've got Wellbreaker, Overt, Rift Hunter. Um, All right, you're going to have to work these out on the fly. All right, so All let's right. go through it. Question one. In the Commander 2014 set, there is a mythic rare for three and two swamps called Halfback Exhibition Stool. Who did you get, Aaron? Uh, Obnixilus of the Black Oath. Yeah, yeah well done. Too. That is also a book, but is there no O in Halfback Expedition Stool? Uh, exhibition. Exhibition. T-I-O-N. Stool. Like exhibition. Two. Oh, okay. Yep, we got it. We got it. Ex- exhibition. 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 Stool. Stool. So there's... Ob, <laughs> of Oath. 
Rob gets it right and still argues. He's like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> no, no, Kyle's there. Kyle's, this was <laughs> yeah. not me. Kyle I, I've, I've wanted that deck for a while, actually. Yeah, <laughs> All right. definitely on it. That's one point each. Obnixilus of the Black Oath. Yeah. Uh, question two. On rare occasions during 14, we all like to sit down, spend two in a forest, and watch some enchanting noon death watch footy. Rob, Kai, what have you got? We really struggled. I was thinking like enchanted evening, maybe, but it's from a different set. Yeah, and it's not green. Yeah, and there's no it's V's. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's green white. But it goes like five. It's green white, green white. It's green white, it's green white. Um, that's blue white. Enchanted evening's blue white. Oh, man, I'm even worse. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm I phoned the wrong phone. Yeah, yeah I could have warned you at the start. My record is. Lyle might have. Might have known this one. M14? Lyle will oh, be God. for text. Lyle's your, your master. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You right. definitely want me on this one. <laughs> Coming up soon. All right, Aaron, did you get nothing for that? Uh, Oath was in there somewhere. Yeah. But I couldn't think of a green... How Enchant- about enchantment rare from M14? Oath of the Ancient Wood. Oh, Oath of the Ancient, of the ancient Wood. Does. It's like <laughs> a garbage rare. It's like when it comes to the play, you put a plus one plus one counter on a creature, and oh, what does it do? Oh, I don't know. I've got a picture of it. Yeah, I've got a picture of it. Yeah. Oh, it so, was crap. It was so like the first question, <laughs> the first question had you know Obnixilus of the Black Oath. Second question was Oath of the Gatewatch, and the third one is from Oath. That's why I called it Oath oh, Anagrams. Right, yeah. Oh, sure. God. Got gotcha. Trick, trick myself. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, question three. In Oath of the Gatewatch, this Devoid Mythic might also be an overt Rift Hunter. Aaron, what have you got? Oh. Oh, tre- Trevor. Trevor, yes. Keep going. Yeah, you're close. Trevor. Triff. Triff. He's on the Pro Tour. It's, uh, it's close. Truth or Virtue? Trevor is definitely part of it, but I couldn't remember which of the five mythics which Trevor, Trevor was. Yeah. So okay, cool. Def- definitely an interesting one. You know, you just like Trevor. line up the old drowsy and it's like, you know, crazy, like from another dimension stuff. And it's like, Trevor's like, hey guys. Uh, <laughs> ah, Trevor. Trevor could be The most awful of guy. all the old drowsy, Trevor. Trevor. <laughs> Rob, Rob, Kai, are you going to uh, it's tough I'm, to I'm really as as a Eldrazi fanboy. I'm I'm gonna be losing my membership card over this. I'm quite sure. Uh, I initially want to say Deceiver of Form, but there's not enough of many of those letters. Mm. Uh, it also doesn't use the H. Yeah. Uh, the word Eldrazi or Kozilek's not in there either. Yeah, like they're straight <laughs> out because there's no Z. Um, I kind of wanted to say Matter Reshaper. There's no S. Um, I wanted to say Thought Not Seer, but it's rare, not a mythic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only mythic I could think of was Worldbreaker. We're going to be kicking so just, ourselves. Okay, so the, it's brand new. the three that we had that were devoid mythics was Kozilek, Worldbreaker, Kozilek's Return. Those are the only oh, three yeah. devoid um, mythics I could think of. And Inverter of Truth. Oh! oh! I've been obsessively reading that card for a week. Oh, Inverter of Truth. Of course. Well, all the old Drowsy fans out there, feel free to roast me in the comments. <laughs> oh, Trevor of Truth. So, just, we all like oh, I think what we, want, what we need to reflect on, though, is that Aaron scored one and Robin Kai scored one, and I believe that the one that Robin Kai scored was scored by Kai. It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I just I, I wrote it down straight, straight away. So, so, like, so, so far, phoning a friend, Rob Grimsey. Worth nothing. Like, but think about the moral support. Like, that, <laughs> the he would never have done it without yeah, yeah, yeah. discounting yeah. the value of the moral support. <laughs> yeah, you did. But Thanks. You know, friendship. Right, if, can, if, it, if it's any kind of like omens for the for the uh, for the flavor text later, I do know that the flavor text around Inverter of Truth is like everything around it becomes like bizarre and strange or something like that. And I'm mm. like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe, 
Don't give it away. I hope that's not in the next bit. <laughs> oh, no. It's happened before. <laughs> All right, let's pop out of this and get on. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Bye, Bye For nothing. <laughs> All right, welcome back. Uh, so what we're going to do for the topic discussion today, uh, like Aaron and I have been talking about, you know, this the um, you know new players coming into the into the into the game and what's been going on. We've been talking about that for a while, yeah. And um, what's going on? Instead of us trying to figure it out and uh, reverse engineer it, we just thought let's just get a guy in who's who's reasonably new to it and find out what's going on. Kai, you've been investing a lot of time in it, and uh, you, what well, you've been playing for about six to twelve months. You were saying uh, six. So essentially, I bought the the red black intro deck from Magic Origins. The name of which I have absolutely forgotten. Yeah, uh, and and like one booster or something like that. And before I even knew about standard rules, I bought some like Theros boosters I couldn't even use. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, stuff like that. And then uh, about three about three weeks after that, BFC came out. So that was kind of like when I really started playing. Like, yeah. Yeah. So what sort of format have you gravitated towards initially? Um, I've been playing standard just because that's kind of the easiest stuff to acquire. Um, yeah. I will to to kind of preface something I might say in a few minutes. Like there definitely is a bit of a definitely. Uh, pick, pick an accent, stick to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's definitely a bit of a cost to entry, so I feel like as a new player, you're not going to see many new players in modern because it's mm. going to be like hundreds of dollars um, kind of thing. So I've, I've been playing standard, yeah. um, and it seems like there's the most advice for standard. It's the most current advice mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So in terms of what I could read to, to get myself kind of skilled up, I've, I've been playing standard. Yeah, so is that those, those discussions that you got into? What have you found is like the main way to do it? Is it just like a you read a little bit on the web, check it out with your mates, like you yeah, know, so, just so like did you, so quality. before buying that black red intro pack, did you have any idea how to play at all? Um, I had like vague kind of inklings, and mm-hmm. it's one of those always like I've always had friends that played it a little okay. bit and stuff like that, and I kind of went in going like oh, doing damage all the time is pretty good, and I figure you know black and red are fairly evil colors, I'll go yep. for that. That'll be like the cool kind of mm-hmm. magic end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't lie, what got me into it was uh, I've been showing my girlfriend the arc; she likes that kind of stuff. That's what got and me she, in. She's down for wizards and unicorns and stuff like that, and I was like, she goes, oh, I might actually get some and learn to play. And I was like, oh, sweet, if you learn, I'll learn. And uh, and I've gone way harder on playing; she's gone way harder on collecting pretty cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's the I mean, people get in for, for different reasons. So we were looking at art magazines, just like drawing stuff and all that sort of stuff. Raymond Swanland was everywhere and go, this guy is sick. Next minute, here's this game. It's got Raymond Swanland's art all over it. <laughs> I think I need to play yeah, that. You can buy tiny pieces of Raymond Swanland's art and yeah. like have them. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. That gets you in. Yeah. But uh, in terms of in terms of upskilling, I mean, I read a little bit online, but I found a lot of those discussions were just referencing things I had no no way to understand. Yeah, like there's a lot of mm. jargon. Yeah, um, and and it, like I can imagine as a new player coming in even the discussions that people have in the store about very broad things like a draft pick what you pick out of this pack when you're just learning to play is very daunting yeah, and I think I think there's definitely a lot of people get put off by that, and uh, and something I'll get onto, you know, in terms of the ter- first tournaments I played and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it, they would say, oh, it's just a lower powered this this, like it's a lower powered yeah, yeah. you know, Jiminy Jongles from the other set. Yeah, yeah. And, and I go, well, I have no idea what a Jiminy Jongles is, so that's a useless comment to make. So mm-hmm. I found it was way better to. Uh, God, talk to anyone that would listen <laughs> like yeah. uh, about it. Um, I read a little bit of stuff online, but mostly just like. You know, I'm just getting little rules of thumb. So anytime I saw a comment that was like a rule of thumb of like, actually I got this one from Rob that was like, uh, you know, lay out your lands and then it's nine piles of four to make a 60 card deck, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. And then, you know, and then I I kind of developed my own rule of thumb, I guess, is that like, I just I just built decks all the time. I just sat at home and I was like, okay, what's good? You know, laid out, mm-hmm. like, got out my, all my cards that I had, which is probably compared to a lot of people, thousands less than most people have. Um, 
and just being There's like, still a substantial amount of cards to lay out and just build decks from. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I've just I just kind of been doing that, and I, I was just like, I just want to play. I just want to play against as many people as I can. And that's know? the cool thing early on, isn't it? It's just like you can build any kind of decks, those homebrew decks, just going, oh, I like the look of this card, so I'm going to play it regardless. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't. And there's a joy in uh, using that card, even if it's you know down the six months down the track, you go, I can't believe I play that because such garbage but it's it's fun just to have those cards that you're excited about going to the deck and when you knew there's tons of cards that you're excited about right is that is that something you found was it was it hard to you know they like kill some of those darlings off once you found out that they weren't a great uh, card i mean there's definitely uh like i'm definitely a words person uh, like kind of thing so like the names like uh you know yeah. as soon as i got into bfc like void winnower and like oh and some of that flavor text i was just like Oh, just <laughs> that's like that's some nice, like ominous kind of stuff to read. Mm-hmm. And that's then, gonna like, win me a game. That flavor text. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Right, you Turn just my get flavor text sideways. <laughs> uh, and it's just uh, so. There's definitely some things I'm sad that I can't play. Uh, it makes me sad that I can't play Void Winner. That it's not that useful. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, although I've kind of ended up with a couple of just like funzy decks that I yeah. play with friends. So he's, he's in there. You get some get some action. Particularly since I got a foil one. Very happy with that. Um, but yeah, definitely. I think getting over that hump of like trying of somehow believing that there's a link between cool art and cool names and cool name actual usefulness yeah. like yeah. that was definitely a skill level I had when to they level all up on that combine one. into one oh that is a is a thing to behold like um yeah go on which card does that for chandra you chandra pyromaster because mm. i was just like I'm, i really like the look of planeswalker cards and when that one was previewed and she was the face of m14 and stuff and i was yeah. just like this card's just great is i'm it- gonna play it all the time yeah is it that? Oh no, it's Chandra's goggles, isn't it, or something, or whatever. It's called Chandra's goggles. goggles yeah. The one where they says they always ask me what happens when I put the goggles down or something like that. Is oh, that... Um, act on impulse. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that, that's, that's a sweet. That's a good bit of flavor text. Um, but yeah, I mean, like uh, I, I, the only other thing I'd add, add to that is, I guess, my favorite. That's actually when they all come together. I really like transgress the mind because mm-hmm. it's an Eldrazi region through the back of someone's head, <laughs> transgressing their mind. <laughs> Physically like, transgressing. So were you, were yeah. you a gamer before that? Like, in, you know, you meant you like you said in in the intro. You know, you play um, electronic games and stuff. But uh, was it was it anything? Oh man, know, uh, board games wise or anything like that that you could. If I wasn't spending thousands of dollars on cardboard crack, it's definitely my my huge gaming PC that gets a lot of money poured into it. So yeah. I'm, I'm always playing something. It's pretty yeah. rare that I'm not playing anything. So at all. was there anything that you could um, you know you could relate to it, or was Magic a completely different leap? <sighs> I mean, the last kind of game I played, even remotely serious, was Yu-Gi-Oh! Ten years ago, quite literally, okay. ten to twelve years ago, mm-hmm. and, and with it just anime works and stuff. Yeah, and it just works a whole different way. Uh, I mean, it's a good way to explain trample, like because that's how all damage works in Yu-Gi-Oh. But, oh, okay. but um, and I mean that's probably changed by now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another thing I can get roast in the comments for. Um, <laughs> God, it's got to go anything. Why you have him on? You know, even, oh, you know. Well, we had him here to get some fresh perspectives. <laughs> um, he loves Yu-Gi-Oh. Man. <laughs> It'd be like, oh, when, when are you going to get that Yu-Gi-Oh guy back on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like, yeah, people are dying for the first half of this to be Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, <laughs> That's what they're tuned for. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, so, so we're up to the stage where, you know, like coming into Oath of the Gatewatch, it's like you, you mentioned off-air, this is the first time you had the opportunity to to invest a bit of headspace into a set before the, the cards actually landed. Is that right? Yeah, this so is, how, how are you approaching it? Like, is it like, uh, is it intimidating having like, 150 like you've been building decks from like mostly just battle for Zendikar right yeah so like having a whole new set of like a mix of your old mechanics and a mix of new mechanics like is it 
is is it a lot to take in or is it does it kind of flow naturally because it's, it's hard because i've been through so many set cycles and stuff now so that when yeah you're one of those guys that's gonna go oh this card here is just the same as this card from three yeah, sets ago yeah. that does this so because it just it helps you read a card yeah better if i go eldrazi displaces like restoration angel's ability on a repeatable effect which means yeah. that it must be powerful because restoration angel could only do it once and it was one of the best cards in standard you know um, but so you have all this weird context. Everything becomes from, relative yeah. at, at, yeah. at some point. Mm-hmm. So so how is it like seeing brand new cards and how they approach everything that you've um, seen before? Um, I, like I will say, I put a lot of time versus even some people I've been talking to who are other new players, even newer than I am now. Mm-hmm. Like which is an interesting thing in itself. But um, talking to some of those people, I've definitely put a lot of time into just like. Once I reach that point where I could read those forum posts and they're like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a clap slapper or something. And you go, and I go, all right, MTG <laughs> Salvation, what's a clap slacker? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Um, Google clap slapper. But in terms of coming into Oath of the Gatewatch, so uh, definitely a big thing. I was like following Mark Rosewater on Tumblr and he just answers questions all day long. It's like the guy doesn't even mm. do it. No, Mark, Mark loves the podcast. He says that we're the nucleus of ideas. Mm. Yeah, he, had. He, yeah, they've gotten a lot of their design ideas. From yeah, we, well. we come up with them all the time. I'm pretty sure Mark's listening, but well, yeah. yeah, let's let's not dwell on that idea and get straight back to you, <laughs> yeah. Kai. Mark, if you're listening, I want a clap slapper in Shadows of Innistrad. Um, there, like, there is uh, no if. <laughs> but uh, old timey town, we know what the clap is. We know what slappers are in old timey oh, towns. Yeah. Oh dear, oh, I wasn't. Dear. I wasn't going there. No. <laughs> get your mind out of the medieval gutter. Um, so in, in that sense, I mean, like, I bought lots of boosters for Battle for Zendikar because I just like, I was just want to have lots of cards. Yeah. Uh, and I started playing rookie tournaments as soon as I could get time off. Like, How was your first uh, tournament experience? Uh, oh, don't, don't derail the topic. <laughs> I'll answer that one next. We'll take yeah, that okay. the next one. He'll be hosting uh, next, next week. Time. <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of like, believe me, I'm a, I'm a teacher. I don't, people try to derail stuff. Um, but it's, it was interesting. So I, in terms of the lead time, I put a lot of time into making a standard deck that I could play at some tournaments. So I'll use that as a segue there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was looking at a lot of stuff in terms so that of was how a, would I put this in my standard deck? That like, was a deck that you were building out of cards that haven't come out yet. You were already pre-planning, is that what you said? Is no, no. I had, like, I had a Battle for Zendikar deck that I was okay. pretty happy with uh, you know, in the last kind of two weeks. Yeah. Um, and then you know, in terms of having a lens, I think it's really just like you need a context. Like, would I put this in my standard deck, which is a blue-black uh, Eldrazi right. and Jest mm-hmm. um, kind of thing? And, yeah, and just looking at that and just reading comments, like, just, just following the spoiler and, and some stuff people come out and people are like, meh. And other stuff, they're just losing their minds. Um, mm. kind were, of, you, were you building archetypal uh, decks or were you just sort of looking at the cards and appraising them yourself and saying, oh, I want to use this with this one and all that sort of stuff? Um, like, have, having been around you from... Just working in the store and ha- having you come in and your bought, opinion bought on stuff. Bought my first cards here. Yeah, bought, bought your first cards from uh, the store. Um, like you, you have a very awesome, unique approach at looking at cards and how your one deck has been kind of like molded over time, and you and you have learned to hate some stuff and you've learned to appreciate some stuff. And um, when when new cards are coming out, you're looking at them through the lens. Whether does this work in this deck? This strategy that I'm trying to refine. Um, yeah, like I, th- I think that's a really interesting way to approach it, and it's just like um, nowadays because uh, established players don't have as much time. Well, I, I not not have as much time. They're not as interested in searching out 
their own ideas because yeah. they get well, that's established why about the archetypal stuff because you can mm. get attached to a deck and then it's not always that you get to jam new cards into it no, it's either yeah. going to exist in its own right mm -hmm. or you have to start a completely different deck because those cards are wanting to do something completely different yeah um so, so yeah like, I, like I, I look at a card like eldrazi displacer and i want to put it match it up with siege rhino or something in in abzan mm. um but then I don't see anyone else doing it at the Pro Tour or Grand Prix Top 8 list yeah. or whatever. So I just don't do it. Yeah, for you that means don't do it. For me it means don't do it, yeah. yeah. So it, it's it's great to like be able to follow your own strategy and... and, and yeah, and experiment what and the be game creative. Means you in, in that way, yeah. I, I think there's a creative element, like when you knew that you get to do that sort of stuff. And I'm I sad think that it, I can't. And I was going to ask, that's the very next words out of my mouth. I'm sad that when, when you kind of lose, you know, when you don't do that anymore and you kind of don't back yourself to develop a new deck, because someone's developing new decks all the time. So, you know, why can't it be us? Well, there's definitely something that, uh, so early on, I got, I got real good at losing. Keep, keep emphasizing stuff like that. But I was like saying to Aaron, I was like, I'm super great at getting crushed, just decisively losing stuff. And uh, and that, in, I think as a general kind of thing, and I mean, I guess reiterate this is like kind of at the end of the topic, if I had to give advice to other pl new players uh, and that kind of thing, have a lens, have some kind of way to look at it. Like it's dumb, like, right? Like I'm qualified as a history teacher and I try to teach kids, you've got to have something to look through stuff. You can't just read a thing and take it as it is. Mm. So for me, it was, you know, playing against uh, my girlfriend's modern deck Hi, Maddie. Hey, uh, you promised me you'd listen. Um, and that was kind of like my... She, she's great. You were saying all that stuff you were saying about her early on. Was oh, like, wow, it was wow. definitely all positive. Yeah, she's That's great. Fine. All of it was her good. Her beauty, her personality, yeah. all great. Her, great. That's the, all the that cards that she lends him. That yeah, all good. Good well, income. Um, oh, yeah. Well, she can't Well, she can't lend me any cards because all, all her stuff's too old. Uh, oh, yeah. She just buys whatever. Because she went and bought... And, you know, all so the pretty this, cards. My, my running up the hill carrying the big buckets of water you know, kind of training was staying married to 60 cards, was mm. staying married to a certain strategy, which is ingest, because I really liked the lore aspects of that. Like, yeah, everything I touch turns to dust. Like, the damage to you, you turns Processing to dust. Processing it and spinning it out. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of thing was playing against her modern deck, which has just loony stuff like Celestial Mantle and yeah. Sauron's Vengeance, you know, which, which for everyone at home is Celestial Mantle is... Uh, enchantment aura if that creature does damage to your life doubles her controls life points so you know imagine being three months into the game and losing games for like 160 <laughs> life 160 yeah. to zero yeah, yeah like. uh, or Soren's Vengeance is your opponent loses 10 and you gain 10 Mm. Sweet Jesus! That's there's, there's a reason painful. why they don't play standard decks against modern decks though exactly <laughs> but, but now I've got a standard deck that beats that because mm. her deck has been relatively standard so I've been able to use it as a high watermark of of kill spells and counters and stuff like yeah. that because you uh, know the stuff that you've got to deal with yeah exactly. that's having, little, having a plan well, that's your own little metagame under your roof though isn't it and, that's, and that's the problem but what yeah. it taught me was to view cards so when I look at a card I go what problem does this solve mm-hmm because I look at it and go, I got a problem with flyers. How can I solve a problem with flyers? If I played red and black, maybe I'd be like, sweet, I can't wait for Tears of Valakut to come out. Oh yeah, burn uh, out of the sky. Yeah, no. smash them out of the sky. If I play green, plummet, awesome, mm. destroy target flying creature. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was like, nah, get the mist intruder in there. Because if she hasn't got a flying out, sweet ingest. If she does, sweet block. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think the um, the lingo friendly way of saying that is how you interact with them, isn't it? It's like you have to yeah, have a way yeah. of uh, interacting with cards because mm -hmm. it's, it's not you don't always have to destroy something; you have to counter it or you know. Yeah, so like like if they have a deck that's full of one ones, how are you going to be interacting with that? And it's either you go like over it or you go under it. Um, but what, what I, I do understand what you're saying, like it's uh, 
everything that goes in the deck has to have some purpose for being in the yes game. yeah exactly and just you know a few of those painful lessons of like uh so we'll segue i guess playing playing early tournaments and coming new to that stuff uh of like having my like sweet creature with its awesome name you know like <laughs> of doom and mm-hmm. like void winner and stuff like that ulamog the ceaseless hunger and getting seeing that stuff get countered uh seeing my banes of balaged get countered and destroy target creature mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that my, and which before I knew what the term was they were my real win condition stuff this is supposed to turn up yeah. and I get a couple of turns and I win like mm-hmm. um, seeing the stuff get counted and going oh what do I do about this or like oh, getting yeah. pecked away by Drana's Emissary when I've got huge creatures on the field mm-hmm. um, and that kind of thing and going how do I solve this problem okay I've got to land a counter I've got to land a kill spell mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of thing so I guess in terms of being a planeswalker because that's the whole gimmick of the game, right? You're a planeswalker. I had to go and learn some new, you learn some new, learn, yeah, learn some new tricks, spells. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, just battling your creatures against your friends. You know how to counter them, but then suddenly someone comes along and starts messing with your with your thing with siege rhino and whatever, and you've got to be like, how am I, I going to beat this stupid rhino that is everywhere? You know that sort of stuff. Exactly. I see. I see a post that goes around that's just called. It's called like the Rhino Pain Train or something like that, and they've just badly photoshopped like six siege rhino heads onto like one card. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like, not to be confused with like eight bears, like just yeah. a popular Photoshop of this bear card from some time ago. Eight uh, bears. But yeah, I mean, I guess if we want to talk about tournament stuff, yeah, yeah, a lot of people. Tournament, I mean, yeah. a direct question, or should I just comment or? No, yeah. no, because I was thinking, like, my, I, I, you know, well, that's just probably derailed me from playing because I just sort of panicked. Just, you know, like, it's big you had tournaments. You standard deck, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, or even, like, in draft. I mean, my, my best and worst day in draft was, I, you know, I walked away at the end of the day with a, a, a foil Elspeth. Mm. And I won it, essentially. But I just was just terrified for the entire time from opening the pack and getting what was just a regular Elspeth out because someone traded for me later on, I realized I'm going to pick this card now and I'm going to build a deck around it and I have to win to keep this card. And Aaron was on the table and there's a whole bunch of way better players than me and I was just terrified to the whole... And I'll talk myself out of loads of things. You know, it comes down to decision-making. You've got to be able to go, right, these are my options, this is my best option, go. I would just be like, these are my options... I think this is my best option, but it's probably not. Someone's probably looking over my shoulder thinking, you idiot, don't play that. What? He doesn't know how to use that card. What are you doing? David, come on, man, back out of this. What are, you, what are we doing? We're going to lose that. We're going to lose that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my internal monologue. So yeah. places like the draft table and uh, tournaments, I just have to be in super friendly environments to play, yeah. right? Did any, any of that kind of madness go through there so, for you? Or are you super cool in those conditions? Uh, no, I'm not super cool in those conditions at all. Like, I mean, I'm generally, like, I might not be outwardly competitive. Like, I'm not going to be, like, you know, getting up in your face, like, oh, what now? Like, like, when I do something cool. <laughs> right. uh, you know, and alternatively, I really hate it when people are like that. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen many people like that, that, to be fair. I, th- I think no. the majority of Magic players are pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, at least here at, uh, at GG Cannington. So I'm happy to rep the community a bit. Most of the people I've met mm-hmm. are pretty I think pretty a, lot cool of them, a lot of people are like that because everyone has good days and bad days, and you don't want to mm-hmm. be having a bad day, and someone's doing all that in your face. You and, know? um, and, and you're exactly right, but I mean, like the first formal thing we played, me and Maddie uh, came down. We played two-headed giant for Battle for Zendikar. We mm-hmm. were sitting there looking at like, what are we going to do? And just had like, we didn't even know half the rules at that point. I didn't know yeah. that you could use, you know, Sludge Crawler, who's now like my favorite dude. Like, I'm gonna get a tattoo of that guy. Right <laughs> uh, the worm thing? Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Are you talking smack about Sludge Crawler? <laughs> oh, no, no, see just, you well, at the just clarify. We're a pro Sludge Crawler, <laughs> pro um, sludge crawler uh, podcast. Yeah. Men. Safe space for Sludge Crawlers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but 
yeah, like I didn't even know that you could do that during declare blockers and stuff like that. So I'm sitting there looking at Maddie and she goes, how do you feel about what we got? And I was like, I'm veering wildly between absolutely no idea and hugely out of my depth. <laughs> we got destroyed all night. We never won a pack. No one wanted to split with us. Like, but it's you like we did just, it together. But we did it together. Aww. We went home super salty. Uh, just, um, And then, like, I mean, after that... That I was just, Battle for Zeneca. That was Battle for Zeneca pretty yeah. early. Kind of picked myself up. I was like, all right, I'm just going to play. I'm just going to play as much as I can. I'm going to play against every friend. I don't care what your deck is. I don't care how old it is, how yeah. new it is, how, how well it beats me. I'm going to play lots. I invested lots of time in learning rules and playing diverse decks. Mm-hmm. Um, played my first rookie tournament. I came uh, 20 out of 22. Um, <laughs> and, and the one actual win uh, I'd had was mostly because a guy played a deck that had... Uh, uh, satanic pact or demonic pact oh, in demonic it, pact, uh, <laughs> where the fourth condition is you lose, and he just couldn't draw the spell to get rid of it. Uh, so I was like, Fantastic. I wasn't even up in his face, but I was like, a rough start. I, I was gently like, yes, and that was the last match of the day. I was yeah. pretty happy with that. Oh, um, this and is then, damn fault for playing demonic pact and not having an answer to it. Mm. Exactly. No, no, it was Kai's genius. The Kai's genius yes. skills and yes. forcing him to pick <laughs> demonic <laughs> pact <laughs> earlier in the day. If, if you're listening, thank you, Eugene Tang. You made that day <laughs> actually marginally better than it could have been. Uh, uh, Thank you, I, Eugene. Um, shout out to Eugene. Uh, and then I played my second rookie tournament, um, first January, in, uh, first of January, first Sunday in January this year, uh, and I did heaps better. Like yeah. I, I've got a friend that I've been playing against weekly, uh, stuff like that. Just and it's, mum, hopefully you're not listening. Spending <laughs> far too much of my disposable income on on magic cards, uh, cardboard <laughs> crack, as they say. Um, but yeah, and then kind of. Yeah, being happier that I could beat some of those people that really decisively beat me the last rookie yeah. tournament uh, and that kind of thing. And then just now doing pre-release for that, like I actually... How'd you find pre-release the second time around? Uh, way better. Uh, so I played Midnight for myself because I was like, eh, don't have to do much tomorrow. I got, yeah. got some spare 50 bucks. Uh, I won two out of four. Nice. Uh, only one of those was a loss-loss. The other one was win-loss-loss. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was... One of them was a decisive win-win. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like... And just, yeah, just being able to see what I'm doing a lot more. So, And also, I, I guess, like, I think there was, a, there was a penny drop moment when I started seeing how I was going to, how I was losing as well. You know, that, you know the, when you first start, you just get beaten. You go, oh, my life went down to zero. That's just, so I lost. Mm, yeah. But when you start, like, reverse engineering what those guys are doing, and you go, oh, I lost because of this, this, and this, and I had no end for interacting with yeah. it. I need to keep that in mind. And hence my, like, level up problem solving doctrine. How do I solve this problem? Yeah. yeah. So like, and it's the same in draft, I think, as well. You're like, if, if I'm going to, oh, if totally. I don't have any big creatures to end the game with decisively, you've got to get in hard and fast, use your removal to get rid of the early blockers, and hopefully you can push some damage. And so that's it's always about having a plan, yes. Yeah, so. and, mm. and that's exactly what I did. I had a plan when I played that midnight. I, I pulled some nice, I played Thought Not Seer, I pulled Reality Smasher, nice. Warden of Geometries. I had plenty of sources, I had some waste, I had plenty of sources of colour, so I was like, Sweet, let's go colors, let's go hard and fast. Mm-hmm. And I had, didn't have many creatures, but I had a bunch of blue counters, I had a bunch of uh, black removal, I got, I pulled, I think I played two or three Oblivion Strikes in that draft, nice. uh, and that kind of thing, and it was, uh, oh, and I had Visions of Brutality, which... Uh, oh, it can't block, and if and it deals damage, they lose that much life? Yeah. Exactly, which, uh, to, for all those Metal Ocalypse fans, good song title, Visions of Brutality. Yeah. Love Metal Ocalypse. Uh, <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, you have what they call a G-Milf, which is a grandma I like to... And then cut. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's like my yeah. bum note on a guitar. Yeah, this is great. Um, come in. Uh, but yeah, and I had a plan. I was like, all right, I'm just going to counter and remove everything else, and then I'm going to get in there with Reality Smasher and just be like, blam, I'm mm-hmm. going to Untamed Hunger for some Menace. Uh, I'm going to Kozlek's Pathfinder for Unblockable. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. 
uh, Mind Melter, and it went way better. Uh, same thing with Two Headed Giant. We won two out of four. Uh, I was a little bit salty for one of those, just playing against a guy with a big personality, and it was kind of like <laughs> not going well for me. So it's easy for that kind of great on you. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. Uh, when, when they're beating you with like personality, something, something <laughs> annoying, and then they're beating you over the head with their personality. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. And it just it brought me way back to being at the beginning again. I was like, I don't have an answer for this. I can't draw what I need to get rid of this creature that's just wiping me out. Yeah. Um, and it, and it sent me right back to square one. So pretty cranky about that. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I think overall, oh, like overall, I'm really liking. Magic. It sounds like a very definite upwards yeah. like thing, like like a very clear progression. Because I went two two at the pre-release as well, and I've been playing for however <laughs> hey, long. Let's have another high five about that. Yeah, hey, there we go. <laughs> um, so the, you've, you've probably you got six months of rookie tournaments left, right? And so it goes for oh, a year. More than that. You've only no. played two, right? Yeah, I've only I played two. I got. I, Eight. It's like when you start playing tournaments. So if oh, your first okay. tournament was really the first rookie tournament, you've got like ages, and it's really oh. about feel yeah. rather than like a strict like twelve months from when you first opened a yeah. looked at a magic card or whatever. And it's, I mean, Rob told me early on, like, look, if you turn up and you and you are winning everything, like, and you and you've yeah. got, you know, it's kind of one of those. It's like yeah. profile of a serial killer, as you know, kind of. If you've got meeting these certain criteria, we're going to ask maybe that you play the real tournament. Yeah, we'll be like, like, can you stop coming and crushing some children every first Sunday of every month? Hey, like, yeah, don't, don't talk make... down those children. They are that's still <laughs> crushing <mean>. me. <laughs> Thop- <laughs> doctors with like five enchantments on them. I'm, I'm coming for you. Like, <laughs> I think but, it's, just, uh, it's, it's just intimidating to know that Rob's profiling you. I think that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> You're in trouble. Mm, uh, but yeah, I guess the only thing I could say is for the future is, uh, not that I have a worry about it, but it's like, I got to, I'm going to have to pick a cutoff point. Like, I'm going to have to choose, like, and it's not about people, but it's like, for me, it's like, I don't want to become that guy where it's my main thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like Of what, magic? Or? Yeah, yeah, like, okay. I feel like I've got lots of other hobbies, not necessarily that I love more, mm-hmm. but that I have in common with more of my friends mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. So I guess there's a bit of a, a social meta game there. Yeah. Like, I can't get too... I've already annoyed most of my friends by being like, here, I'll teach you how to play, and giving them one of my decks, and, and yeah. just really just using them as a, a punching bag, like, <laughs> as a practice dummy. Um, so, I mean, for me, it's going to be choosing, and I'll have to choose mm. where I kind of top out. Maybe when I can't play rookie tournaments anymore, because I don't want to play against... I mean, I've already had had to play against some of them at rookie tournaments. Uh, the last one, oh, I was happy. It took me it took him half an hour to beat me. These two guys yeah. that are playing those like lots of fetch lands. If I've got five mana, I can win. Yeah, kind like of. It, it just seems like they're playing the rookie tournament with some pro tour winning deck. Exactly. But that's, I, that's why I think different formats can help out because it's like I didn't play standard against anyone like properly, but that you can play it. You can draft. And you can have anybody at the table, and you can just you, can you know, yeah, you can and whoever. you can beat anybody, and you can, and it, there's something about drafting. There's a joy in just building a cool deck that you enjoy playing, win, lose, or whatever, you know. And it also and gives you a chance fun. to to play with those cards that you just enjoy yeah. because you can draft a whole deck around them, you know. Like you, you take Void Winner, pick one, pack one because it exactly. looks amazing. Build your whole deck around getting Void Winner out and killing them with it. Whereas yeah. in Constructed, you go Void Winner and they're like, I'll kill it with this Abzan Charm because it's got an odd mana cost. And you're like, oh, all of my setup for nothing. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Whereas in Draft, you're much more likely to be able to get away with that and you get to make a brand new kind of strategy every time play, as well. Play colours and archetypes that you'd never normally dream of mm. playing and you gain appreciation for other, other cards and other mechanics that you just wouldn't even look at in standard yeah. and I think there's a whole joy in that as well. I really enjoyed drafting. If I was going to get back in mm. and play something tomorrow, mm. I'd, I'd draft. 
and and I totally agree. I think if I if I if anyone's super new who's listening, and I recommend listening to Seven Lane Head, Buster Booster was hugely hugely uh, useful for me, mm. um, because generally you're buying your newest cards anyway. Um, yeah, it's just like play different formats, play as much as you can. Pick a lens to read through. How's this going to go in this deck that I'm evolving? Or what problems does this solve? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, man, just bash the Salvation Wikia leg for technology yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, it'd be good to check in with you after, uh, you know, maybe the next rookie tournament or something like that and see what's going on. Ooh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm very worried. I've broken my nice standard deck with both of the Gatewatch <laughs> cards. Stuff, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just well. like turn up, oh, I lost everything, guys. <laughs> I quit, I quit magic. Back to square one. Yeah. yeah. I've put right. magic and back into Yu-Gi-Oh. So well, I think we should uh, call call a friend number two in. Who could it be? Who and could it be? Do a bit of flavor text. Mm. Flavor text. Flavor text. Flavor text. Flavor text. Flavor text. Flavor text. All right, flavor text. Uh, we've been doing this for a long time now. I read out <laughs> some flavor text. Uh, you tell me what the card name is, and okay. surprisingly. Kai's called in a new friend. Yeah. That, that's... What's wrong with Rob? Oh. <laughs> well, you know, it's a shorter list of ourselves. That's, that's the next quiz. What's wrong with Rob? <laughs> What's wrong with Rob? Du, du, du. Yeah, you know how it goes. All right. But this is Flavor Text. We're doing Flavor Text. Uh, I can't tell you the title of this one because um, it would give it away. Just on themes and stuff. Cards named Kozilek. <laughs> <laughs> what a choice. Ooh. All right, uh, so uh, we're doing flavor text. I read out the flavor on a card. You give me the card name. Okay, flavor text number one. Here we go. You ready? Um, enter with merciful hearts. Exit with battle cries. <laughs> oh, Lyle, look at that. I've, I've written down number one. All oh, right. <laughs> There's a lot of letters in number one. You're writing with merciful hearts. You see, usually, exit with battle cries. Usually, flavor text is like this whole journey throughout the podcast where there's little subtle hints about what the theme is. <laughs> and I'm just missed out on everything. Yeah, on everything. So I have no idea. <laughs> you're, re- you're reading into way too much there. It's like yeah. usually the, the hints are like people just yelling out the card name or we pull it out of the pack before. These, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, this this isn't anything to do with Oath of the Gatewatch. That's okay. that's why you're here. Oh, okay. A phone a friend for Kai. Um, oh, so I was just, told you know obscure commander cards. So. I do, but not the flavor text. Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I've, I've, I've mentioned it. Rob I've, was talking you up. He was saying, "Oh, Lyle, boy, does he know flavor text." I'm better than Rob at it, but that's not saying much. No, you have to use the Aaron Graham technique of. Yes. Um, I, I should add it Dedu- of deduction. Of deduction, I should add at this stage, it's Aaron's team one, Kai's team oh. one. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we have the clue again? Yeah, enter with merciful hearts. Exit with battle cries. All right. Jeez. It's going to be, I reckon it's going to be oh, Yeah, I'll just write that down. Yeah, write it down. All right, question number 2. In the cold corridors of the undercity, misinformation unfurls from dusk mantle like a spreading stain. In the cold corridors of the undercity, misinformation unfurls from dusk mantle like a spreading stain. Ooh, so we've got some places there, I guess. The Undercity, unfills from Dusk Mantle. The deduction stuff. Like a morning after get really drunk. Yeah, this is like the... spreading stain. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It's hard not to, you know. 
I'll just give everyone an insight into my brain because they like audio podcasts. We don't need that. No idea. I bear on a little bicycle. Yeah, exactly right. I always, legitimately, I have the Muppet theme. when If I find myself in something I'm really trying to concentrate... And I start thinking, I'm got you're not concentrating, David. It's over. All right, so uh, number two. In the cold corridors of the Undercity, misinformation unfurls from dusk mantle like a spreading stain. That's number two. Right, flavor text number three. It promises protection to those in need and proclaims a warning to any who would threaten Ravnican law. It promises protection to those in need and proclaims a warning to any who would threaten Ravnican law. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, I feel like they're all lands from Ravnica. This, this phone a friend thing's working yeah. really the well. Mantle and the mentioning of the Ravnica. <laughs> Kai is just all over this. Yeah. yeah. It, his favorite, oh. It's his favorite category of card. I like it. Because you know the you know the one all score. Kai was actually responsible for the one on his team. Oh, wow. and, yeah, uh, Nixilus of the Black Oath as an anagram. Oh, oh. Yeah. bam! And and Rob oh, yeah. Rob just sat there all slack jaw and <laughs> stupid. Looking. I don't know. Yeah, words. All right, all right, ready. Okay, here we go. It's not going to be it's not gonna be a strong one, is it? Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, number one: Enter with merciful hearts. Exit with battle cries. Aaron, what have you gone with? Well, the first bit sounds like something religious, and yeah. the second bit sounds like something that's red because they're living with battle cries. So I think it's sacred foundry. Okay, yeah. Guys, this is a Kai? red white land. Kai, what have you got? Um, I really, I've honestly just written something monastery because I was like, maybe that's a Kanzi kind of thing. Can you get that if the second word is monastery? Well, you'd probably be able to help him. Would you be able to help him with the first word? <laughs> Mystic? No, that's Mystic. Lilo Monastery? Lilo Monastery. <laughs> Lilo Monastery. The answer is. I ask, do you want me to, do you want uh, to know what I put down? Or? Well, yeah, you're a team. Okay. You're working together. I so put you... down Sunhome, Fortress of the Legion. Sunhome, Fortress, Fortress of the Legion. It's a very good answer, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good answer. Is what it was. Yeah, I like the livery. The answer is. Boris Guildgate. Oh, God. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I, have, I have only even once looked at that. Card. So, it, so we, were, we were close? Oh, my uh, God. I guess. Um, so there was red in it, Aaron. You there said was, it was. It's a white red land. Yeah, yeah. From the so Boris Guild. Exit with battle cries. Am I going to amend all my answers? Yeah, me too. Or Can we do that? Is it too late? No, or no. Until I, and this is an audio podcast. No one knows what actions you're taking right now i always upload my notes <laughs> tweet them yeah live tweet them in the cold corridors of the undercity misinformation unfurls from dusk mantle like a spreading stain this is a game of chicken because like if you if you change your answer i don't know whether to change it in case yeah. you're wrong lyle and kai oh kai's diving in there with a suggestion which one did you put down um, i'm honestly just making a joke <laughs> distract okay so yeah, here we go. Rob, Rob Lyle and Kai j- team, what have you got? Rob Lyle and Kai team. Kai, yeah. I've forgotten what color the dusk mantle seer is. Really? It, yeah. Starting, oh, to really? Sound, starting to sound like a Kian answer. I think, I think <laughs> I've forgotten. I've forgotten. No, this is this is <laughs> your first last time. Uh, 
Do you know that card? Uh, uh, ooh, do you know what colours ooh, it is? Sweet holy holy, I don't know. <laughs> like, right, it's blue something. <laughs> right. It's got a guy. It's got, got a man. Yeah, it's it's a, a corridor. And Aaron! <laughs> Demir Gilgay? I was going to say Demir Gilgay. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> You didn't give an answer at all? I did. What? Well, my partner hasn't given an answer yet, so maybe he can... I, I have no idea. My answer is whatever Lyle's answer is. To be a Gilgate, that's my answer. I was just going to answer some home for every single one of these, by the way, but I've changed my, my mind. Alternately, my note said, I don't know, urinating espionage. I, re- <laughs> mm, I really hope that one day someone says, we should put this on telly. <laughs> because... <laughs> <laughs> just watch some guys make a shambles of just <laughs> get confused like a quiz master gets confused going, yeah, it's right. I, I, I don't know what to do uh, shamble shark is blue green blue green oh yeah shambles alright yeah. so Aaron's answer is Demir Guildgate my answer is also Demir Guildgate the answer is Demir Guildgate oh, <laughs> boo yeah we did it team boo oh, that's the shonkiest I don't know I'll do the next one don't worry <laughs> alright All right. All right, it, the score is two all, so essentially this question here is the tiebreaker. Whoa, excitement, I'm, kids. I am upset. Yeah. I, it was dodgy, I'll agree. <laughs> it is dodgy. If, it's, if, it's a, if it ends up a tie, you win, Aaron, because they're... Cool, sure, by default. They're cheating. I'll take There's default well, wins. Going, oh, that's what I was going to say. It was. <laughs> it was. I did, so. There's no way to... Pass from all that faffing around with there's a guy and dude and... and it, there all right. was a... Dusk mantle man. To me, Guildgate, you. there's no dude... Anyway. All right, whatever. It, promi- it promises protection to those in need and proclaims a warning to any who would threaten Ravnican law. Aaron Graham. First, if you wish. No, no, it's no. Aaron's turn. No, he's got to answer first so he doesn't copy me. All right, yeah, okay. All right, Azorius Guildgate. Also Azorius Guildgate. The answer is... Boris Guildgate! Oh, it's the other no! one! <laughs> Yeah, you tricked us for the first time ever. Flavor text. Oh, no. so rough. You know oh. how upset I was when there wasn't a third Boris Gilgate flavor text. Oh, I would have loved it to be all answers. Boris Gilgate. Oh god! Wow. So well done. You got us. You know, you you know what we good. just played? We played Guildgate watching. Oh. Oath, oath of the Guildgate watching. You said it had nothing to do with. Oh. It technically yeah, doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. All right. Shares a name. Oh, so it was two all, and Aaron wins because what? you guys of were course, cheaty. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fine. You guys were cheaty with a Demigil go. Anyway, well, welcome and goodbye from the pod, Lyle. All right, see you. Thanks, Lyle. All right, man. Hot garbage. Aaron Graham, hot garbage. Chandra Flamecaller, six mana garbage planeswalker. Why why not make another good one? Why keep making bad six mana planeswalkers? Oh my god. Excellent point, well made. Kai Griffiths. Uh, Oath of Nyssa? You know, if you're going to play green, play green. None of this, like, any mana for whatever planeswalker you want. Rubbish. (laughs) Excellent. Hot garbage. That was it. (laughs) Oh boy. Out of breath. Been uh, clump. Yeah. Oh, hey, that's Ray from Star Wars. All right, yeah, nice to see you. You heading back down? Yeah, no worries. I'm just, I've got to head up. I'm looking for my uh, sage. Just keep walking. God, it's, the mist is pretty thick. Oh, Luke Skywalker, there he is. Whatever. No, 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 I'm, I'm not here to see you, mate. I'm uh, different. Oh, there you he is. me. Oh, there he is. Hello. Yeah. It's me. It's Aaron Graham, Premonitions. 
Hi, I've, I've come a long way. Chewie dropped me off at the bottom of this mountain instead of flying me to the top and just dropping me off up here. Yeah, I, I've been I know. walking for ages. So, I know. Oath of the Gate Watch has dropped. It's great. What? Yeah. Oath of the Gate Watch. No, it hasn't. Gate Crash? Oath of the Gate Watch. <laughs> yeah, it's a new new set release from. You're the, you're the sage oh. slash mage. You'd. Looking, Don't know anything about that one. You're looking very young. Wait, I've got some premonitions about a set that's going to come out in the future. Oh, yeah. They're going to change the colourless manner yeah. from one to a little diamond in yeah, a circle. That's 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 already happened. Uh, no, no, that's a future set. And there's going to be a new basic oh. land called Wastes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's already happened. I, I don't want to tread on your... Um, your loincloth. Oh, wait, well, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. okay. I got might... Here's a doozy for you. Yeah, go on. Card called Eldrazi Displacer. Oh. And I... it's a 3-3 three, three for two and a white, but it is colourless. Oh, look, I don't And you it... can pay two and a new diamond thing to make a creature come I don't embarrass you because, you know, you're sage and all that sort of stuff, but um, I think yep. well, these ca- you're temporarily sort of out of whack, and people are tuning into this segment to hear stuff about cards that are coming out in what the about, future. And What about Kozilek, the Great Distortion? You no. haven't seen any of that? No. no, you've seen that as well? Yeah, I've seen that. I've got, um, I've got a copy of that back down the Millennium Falcon. They changed the scion. They're going to change the scions, and they're going to produce diamond instead of... No, Look, um, I think I'll just head back down the mountain. Uh, 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 no, I'll no. tell you about... Um, um, a return to Ravnica. Oh God, it's getting um, worse. They're gonna Jace. <laughs> he'll become the living guild pact and he'll Look, go through the dragon's maze. I've got to head off. I've got, I've got some. Uh, come back, come back next time. Come back next time. I've got some incense. About... I've got some incense sticks, but sticks burning down the Millennium Falcon. If <laughs> yeah. I spend too long doing this, they'll be spent. I understand. And I, I don't even understand. like incense sticks. They yeah. reek. Well, yeah. let me know. We'll go back. We'll go. Yeah, yeah. Scars of Mirrodin. New Paraxia. I'll tell you all about that. It's, t- it's yeah, it's getting all right. Look, I'll try and catch up go, with you. Go, go, whatever, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah next okay, month. Fine. Thanks, yeah, thanks for right. showing up, though. It's okay, nice, nice. I can see whatever. You, I can see, leave me in peace. I can see your penny whistle <laughs> sticking out of your toga. Needs and twos. and twos. Yeah. So at the beginning of this podcast, we're talking about. A, a, just a jumble of mess that, that happened. Yeah. And I was wondering what the difference between that and my girlfriend just like saying something under her breath that you can't really hear. Did we, did we talk about that earlier on? No, one's a jumble of mess. The other is yeah. a mumble of Jess. Ah, <laughs> man. Oh, man. Spoonerisms. Oh, good times. Welcome to the new segment, Spoonerisms. Spoonerisms. About people you don't know. Yeah. Uh, Aaron's yes. girlfriend is called Jess. Yeah. No, nobody oh, knows you need her. a bit of context, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no one knows who Jess is. He says that she exists. <laughs> Never N- seen her. Never seen her. Never met her. Apparently she's lovely as well. But I'm pretty sure you have met her. I know I have. Oh, yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh oh, explicit tag no uh, you there, so there it is Spanish. Um, all right uh all right i've got a message from the east not as uh as, myth- as mystic <laughs> as the um uh, grand premonitions orient uh coming in from jamie lawrence who's going to make an appearance on uh next pod this was 60 he's going to be on 61 cool doing splendor with us mm. uh he said so tonight's mtg show the East Coast's feedback is Profit of Crufix. Who cares? It never lived long enough to matter. Banning Twin is fair, but no unbannings is a bit dull. This oath set is more fun to play is more fun to play with than we expected from the previews. And Eternal Masters, is that a real thing? A whole bunch of questions there, Aaron. Mm. 
Uh, let's, let's address the first one. Uh, Prophet of Krufix. Who cares? It never lived long enough to matter. So this is Prophet of Krufix being banned in Commander. This is three blue-green. Mm. Uh, all of your creatures and lands untap and everyone else's untap step. Yeah. So you get, like... And you can cast your creatures as if they had flash. So you can just flash in a creature in their turn. When it's the next person's turn, say in a four-player game, you untap all your lands and you play another creature from your hand and stuff as well. Oh, dear. It was just ridiculous. You could have, like, four turns before it even got back to you and just your board be full of creatures and stuff. And if you were playing blue-green, it was everyone's focus to either kill it or make a copy of it and then kill your one. So it's just kind of warped every game around Prophet this of Krufix-centric yeah. madness. Yeah, so they, they banned it. I don't know, like they said, it was very easy to kill, so maybe it wasn't that big a problem, but like we, we ban stuff in our commander group, like Consecrated Sphinx, because it just leads to the same gameplay over and over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I understand it. Banning Twin is fair, but no unbannings is a bit dull. So they banned Splinter Twin in yeah. Modern this week. Um, it was one of the most dominant decks. It was very consistent. It was always blue-based, so you had counter spells, draw cards, and then you'd uh, kill them in one turn with a, uh, a Splinter Twin on a Deceiver Exarch, which would make an infinite cop- amount of copies of itself, and you'd kill them in one turn with a bunch of hasty tokens. Uh, they banned Splinter Twin because uh, they said for format diversity. So they want another controlling kind of blue-red deck to come up instead of this infinite combo thing that we've seen for years now. And uh, I understand that, but it just means that all the fair decks, uh, Black-Green X, which is like Jund and Abzan, are just really strong because they're good against everything. Yeah. And Twin could sometimes like get past them with a counterspell or something and just go through them and so they both kind of kept each other in check but now these ridiculous like green black based fair decks are going to be way too strong and I think it, modern's going to be even more boring without it anyway. oh, right. so and is he referencing no unbannings is a bit dull is that a separate rule uh, or yeah, saying so, not bringing so back people ever? were speculating that they ban a couple things to shake up the pro tour make it more interesting to watch and unbanning something exciting like Bloodbraid Elf Jason Mind Sculptor Stoneforge Mystic they didn't unban anything, so it just means we're going to be stuck with All new right. stuff from Oath of the Gatewatch, admittedly, but mostly just banning two of the strongest decks in the format. Which so it's were. not a rule that they've come in with, we're not unbanning anything ever. It's no, just, no, it's they, just they, they have unbanned stuff in the past, but they didn't this, this round, so we've got to wait a few months to see mm. if they shake it up again. This Oath set is more fun to play with than we expected from the previews. Yeah, the previews so, came out kind of vanilla. Like, how did it look in previews for you? Um, so in terms of like the stuff they published and they're talking yeah. about it like I feel like they talked about not the most exciting cards yeah. like, I'm kind of inclined to agree I saw some stuff and I was like eh, eh no. alright yeah mm-hmm. they showed Kozilek and I was like yeah of course I'm excited for that like yeah. everyone everyone known for a while Kozilek yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah I kind of agree and now like there's heaps of stuff like I was more excited about stuff that got leaked like, yeah. Yeah. and I was like I was seeing stuff on spoiler pages that was leaked and I'm like oh Captain's Claws yeah oh yeah oh that's gonna be good mm. like uh, and all that kind of stuff. I was way more excited about stuff that got leaked rather than stuff that even from the officially even around. from the set we busted today. It's uh, the pack we busted today. It seemed like uh, there's weenies in there that you could actually have some fun with, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So when I'm when I'm getting excited about a one three with flying for two mana because you could support, you can yeah. put equipment on it or something. There's that's when you know through. that it plays better than it looks because. Yeah, when we saw that 1-3 fly, we're like, this yeah. is kind of crap. Yeah. But then by the end of the pack, we were convinced that you could do something with it. So yeah, I, and there's no more better fun than having that guy who's got like that 8-drop who never gets to play it because you beat him with some weenie garbage. Yeah, and that's, exactly. you know, that's yeah. good fun. Where he casts his 8-drop and you're like, okay, attack you around it, you die, and they're like, but oh, yep. Mm, I'll, yeah, I'll you got finish me. you off in my 1-3 yeah. that's been chipping away at <laughs> you for the last five rounds. Yeah. yeah. All right, and the last question was, uh, Eternal Masters, is that a real thing? So this has been a big thing online. I was speaking to Rob about this earlier. 
Um, I didn't know that it was a big scandal, but apparently uh, vendors, so people who buy and sell cards at Grand Prix and stuff, were talking about the exact bannings that happened a week before they happened, and they've talked about a booster set called Eternal Masters, which is either going to be uh, the forefront of a new way to play, so like they're going to get rid of Legacy and Vintage and create a new format called Eternal, maybe, or they're just supporting Legacy as it exists already with cards that are good in Legacy uh, printed in booster sets. Uh, so it's just going to come out like uh, Modern Masters, but be like Force of Will at Mythic... Um, uh, maybe some of the expensive lands and then Stoneforge Mystic and stuff, which would explain why it was printed as a Grand Prix promo. So that uh, knowledge ahead of time, that's almost like a, the insider trading stuff. So it they're is. trading so with cards and if they know that, say, Splinter Twin's going to get banned, they're going to try and unload it exactly. at, a, at a bargain price There's on that day, but it's worthless to you within a week because you can't play it in that mm-hmm. deck that you yeah, bought so it for. Yeah, so you picked up these Splinter Twins of what you thought was a bargain, but it's really great for them. So yeah. there's a lot of money to be made if sure. vendors and stuff who have... T- hundreds of thousands of dollars invested in these collections can move them with weeks, months of knowledge because they've mm. got an insider at Wizards or something that knows about these bannings a few months before they happen. They can make a heap of money and stand to not lose any money as well. And the players get screwed over. The players get screwed over, yeah. yeah. It's, it's horrible when people have a bunch of information that some other people don't and they're profiting from it. This, this, could, be a, this could be a one-off thing. It's just like a... You yeah, know, it's, I've, I've, it's... Uh, being in the Magic community, like at, at the Grand Prix level and stuff, you hear a lot of rumors about yeah. this stuff. And six months before it happens, and when it happens six months later, you're like, whoa, I remember hearing about this a very long time yeah. ago. This, this reprint, this reprint, not this, not this, so buy this, buy this, sell this. And I've kind of take it with a pinch of salt because it always seems like speculation but when it all comes true over and over and over again I don't know do you think Wizards are going to be interested in that because what's their interest in the you know once they've sold that booster I mean Splinter Twins have been changing hands for years Mm -hmm. what what, what interest have they got in that is apart from the format they don't technically they have no interest in the secondary market at all um, but they have to be aware of it but the problem is if there's someone in Wizards who is leaking information to people outside so that they can make a profit as well as the vendors then that is a problem because then that's how information about sets gets out yeah and ruins spoiler season for everyone all right, uh, so MT. Oh, Matt's got his uh, RPG Hangout, which is doing end of he's doing end of the world, Wrath of the Gods. That launched the other day. He did that online. Uh, those guys are just he's trialing a um, a Google Hangout where he's they're role playing end of the world. We did end of the world as a podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. <coughs> um, I think this is book two or something like that. So if you want to check out how that game's rolling out, how that works, uh, yeah, I think as a, even as a Hangout, you can get it still on the YouTube channel. So um, Go and have a look at that. Hard mm, cool. uh, Nerd Badge to anyone who might come on the show as a new player or hasn't had one before. Kai's going to get one in a minute. We're mm-hmm. going to bestow him on, bestow it upon him. And also, you guys, <laughs> uh, we'd love to know about your geeky pursuits or any thoughts you have about both the Gay Watch. How's it played for you? You know, are you, are you finding it more fun than you anticipated? Uh, if you've contacted the undead since you started playing Mysterium, etc., etc., stuff like that. You know, yeah, it could sure. it could happen. You could just like get really. Uh, Whatever. Mysterious. Speaking of Mysterium, don't forget to tune into the board game show for discounts and deals. They launch really much first week of the month. Uh, we've got discounts and deals on the games we review. Currently, you can get 10% off Mysterium by using the password... Mystery 7. That's the one. Mystery 7. At any good game store around Australia, while stocks last. 
Uh, win the game by leaving a comment on the post for episode 59. We've got that pinned to the top of our Seven Land Hand Facebook page. So go to Seven Land Hand uh, Facebook page and the post should be there for the next week or so. Probably about a week, actually. Where are we now? End of January? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you've got about a week. Uh, yeah, make a, make any kind of comment, you know, about mysterious stuff, clairvoyancy being garbage, and this is just a pretend game, crystal balls. Oh, there you go. You never crystal know what balls. you could do with that. Yeah. Uh, any kind, anything. Even, hello, my name is Bob. I'd like to win Mysterium. That's an entry right there. Mm. It writes itself. All right. Uh, anything else? Any news? Needs and twos that's rattling around in your mind, Aaron? Needs and twos, not particularly. Uh, we've got Pro Tour, Oath of the Gatewatch coming up, so Paul, Paul Jackson will be going and playing some modern at the Pro Tour, so hopefully we'll see him on camera there. Um, no, nah, apart from that, there's um, there's a big uh, Grand Prix trial happening this weekend, which is a big Oath of the Gatewatch sealed event, and then we've got a few other ones coming up uh, in the next few weeks as well, so that'll be pretty exciting. Some big events and such. All right, cool. Uh, I'd just like to do a shout-out. Someone who's uh, got, got active on the uh, Sunline Hand Facebook page was uh, Scott Mangini. I've got Mangini. Check. Mangini. Sorry, sorry, Scott. I, no, I think he, could, he does the joke himself. Oh, I, I, I'm not going to announce it. But Scott, let's leave it at that. Scott M. Um, he's given Matt a pat on the back, saying good, this is about the uh, Google Hangout for, um, what do I call it, uh, End of the World, Wrath of the Gods. Uh, he just wrote, wrote in to say, good show, guys. Guys, had to bug out before the end. I can always catch up on what I missed at work. Oh, That's nice. the right attitude, isn't it? Yeah. All right, we'll get listen to podcasts at work. I've imagined no badge. Scott. Bam, bam. And just keep in touch, Scott. Hey, we love uh, ed- edgy opinions on the Facebook page. Just don't be shy about writing them in. We won't have a go. We'd, you know, explore any kind of ideas. All right. Stay tuned for some crazy Easter eggs. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> Well, thanks for listening. That was episode 60 with the, with the emphasis on sick. 60. See what I did there? That's, I'm shaking my head, by the way. It's fully 60, this oh, episode. It's terrible. It's yeah. worse every time you say it. Can you believe it. we got to 60? Yeah. Yeah, that's... Oh, I was about to make a... That's, two, that's, almost, that's two years, right? Plus? Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah, 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 yeah. Well done. No, no Thank well. you very much, Kai, for coming on. Let's actually high five now. Oh, that was beautiful, man. Yeah, oh, thanks for coming on, Kai. Oh, no. Oh, thanks thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it, was, it was fun. Super fun. I hope I, I hope I didn't ruin anyone's uh, listening. No, of course not. Um, I'm keen to, to catch up in the future to see how your Magic career is progressing. Or whether you've quit because you've just dominated the rookie tournament five times in a row. Well, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll wait wink, and see. Wink, 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 wink. Thanks for coming in, Aaron. Sorry. Thanks, Dr. David, that, yeah. as always. Thanks, thanks for everybody. Thanks coming. for listening. Yeah. You. And, you and um yeah if you, you know, ever wondered what the Gwen theme sounds like and maybe how Lenny might come here I don't know maybe I've been playing too much of the Witcher in my spare time but I haven't been playing the Witcher I've been learning mm. how to play the Gwen theme song on my petting list I wouldn't say so, that anyway, anyway. Here we go. this is this is <laughs> no. alright everyone okay so good night If you like to gamble and gamble is for fools You win some, you lose some It's all the same to me Penny whistle (coughs) (coughs) You you, you didn't have to do the Lemmy voice